This week in league, Wayne Bennett gets all up in Seabowl's head like it's a pre-war receptor gilf. Josh Dugan's sadness over cancer death of young fan is offset by his discovery of the kids' green whistle collection. Anthony Milford honours Twill Nation by kicking another pointless field goal. Plus, we look ahead to round eight of the 2019 NRL season. All that more this week in league. Episode uh, 316 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, another week, another loss. That's right, you lost. That is my life. <laughs> oh, I remember when that was my life, mm. briefly. I'm the skeleton <laughs> of my former self. <laughs> oh, fuck. We'll have to talk about that later. Um, This week... Got a few few news articles. I had a couple jotted down and uh, put it out to the, the Facebook group and a couple of people you know, suggested uh, one or two things that I didn't have on the list. But let's let's work through them because there's there's quite a few things uh, this week and uh, you re- you know usually we're kind of like our oh, fuck news you know there's nothing that much going on but this week there's a couple of things. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Um, all of this yeah, as we as we near. I mean, we're not near June thirty, but you know we're kind of getting into the. It's showing up on the radar, and yep. and as such, occasionally we get a you know some transfers. I mean, it doesn't happen. It's certainly not like other sports where it can get fucking crazy. Yeah, but you know you get a couple, of, and uh, and this one is especially great because it's um mostly centers around the Broncos, but speculation with Cody Nikarima being sat out this week. Presumably, well, they say that he's he's corked his fucking thigh or something, mm-hmm. calf or you know something. He's corked something, and which is like you know basically one step further and deeper in severity than a boil. And um, also, though, in the interviews, Seabold said you know he's got some big decisions as well. So you know he's you know we're we're, we're going to give he played great last week on a short turnaround, blah blah blah. He's got this leg thing, and you know we and. But I think it's more the big decisions he has to make than the actual leg thing that is uh, preventing him from playing this week. And the and the decisions he has to make revolve around speculation that the Warriors are prepared to pay him, well, sign him for three and a half years, so the rest of this year and then another three, mm. at a price of five hundred grand a year, which is double what he's on now. Now, obviously, that's a good deal because especially when you go over to New Zealand and then you double your buying power again in Australian dollars. Yeah. So so it's he's essentially quadrupling his 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 wage and uh not a not a bad get for someone who hasn't exactly been setting the world on fire, let it be said. Well, yeah, New Zealand hasn't done too well recently with importing Australian citizens. Well yeah. I mean they had great success with Blake Green and the next one not so much. <laughs> But uh, look, you know, good money if you can get it. You got a limited window of uh, of athletic ability, and you yeah, know, fuck yeah. did yours? I mean, I'm not sure Nick Ream's ever opened, but if he's going to be paid accordingly, mm-hmm. well, not accordingly, he's going to be paid well in excess of his. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I think for a player, a young player who let's say is struggling, you could probably do worse things and get out of the fucking goldfish bowl yeah. that is Brisbane. That's it. That not that not only a, a, you know a mad rugby league town, a one team town, 
with a newspaper that exclusively reports on the comings and goings and of that one team. Yeah. And and, and interestingly enough, like it must be it must be interesting for him to turn up yeah, to essentially work mm-hmm. every day. And his partner, who hadn't really been doing much more than he'd been doing, is on Milford on a Miller season even. Yeah, is a mill or nine hundred or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, plenty. E- effectively, four times your salary. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you know that that's a that's a pay gap that that I don't think too many people would be happy under. Yep. Um, and if, and and you know you even double if you, that, and right? if you can if you can double it, then fucking great. Yeah, you know, go for it. And uh, the Broncos. I mean, I assume they've got a succession plan in place. I mean, I can't remember the young fellow's name, but. I dare say he is far earlier than they ever anticipated. Yeah, not, era, I don't think anyone intends to blood a half at eighteen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. Oof, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, the other interesting one out of the Broncos is Jimmy the Jet. Yeah, well, they, they say they say that he's uh, close to Wayne. Mm-hmm. Younger than Darius. Yes. So more useful to Wayne. I, That's d- it, yeah. I, I would suggest. And, uh, you know, they, the Souths obviously are in need of an immediate replacement for GI. Yep. But the, well, you know, the sooner the better, because there's also talk that, they, you know, that people are in Latrell Mitchell's ears. So, you yeah. know, you could go over there and, you know, not just be the next GI, you could actually be GI. Yeah. And, um, but Jimmy he's the Jet a, is, is a apparent. And a set of keys. I mean, he, you know, James Roberts has had some issues this year. Yeah, with the photo of him, you know, passed out, getting, getting, you know, hearsed out of a fucking Which, party or a, yeah. you know, whatever it was. And uh, you know, it, it was less of an event than. It's an event, though, for a player that has been sacked from mo- multiple clubs for fucking alcohol related yeah. fuckery. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, a step backward that a player in that position probably yeah, shouldn't embark definitely. upon. And it seems to me that, that Seabold is very willing. To he's to be like a you know you're with me, or you're with us, or you're against us. And if you're not with with us, yeah, then I'm not. Then you can fuck off and and you know. Seabold to me seems more like a general than a father. If that if those archetypes make sense, yeah, you know, as in if you know we will do great things together, and this is what I will bring to the table, and I'll educate you, and I'll continuously improve myself, and all of those things. But because Harvard told me. Uh, Harvard Online. <laughs> Whereas Wayne legitimately seems like that, you know, someone that, you know, maybe if you have problems, you need to confide in someone. Who, Especially to the ones that- The troubled ones. Stay, the, the, or the, yeah. ones, the ones that stick around, you know, yeah. there, there, are certain, there are certain players that he sort of, that he that he takes to. Mm-hmm. And though you know, though well, I mean, you know, you can't say never turn because I mean, look at Darren Lockyer these days. Okay, yeah. well, you know what? They all turn eventually, I guess. I mean, but as I think about it, you know, down the line. But yeah, I mean, he will. He he's, has been said to be by ex players or players who have uh, you know have been coached by him that he does you know like care a lot for the players and the father yeah. father figure, especially well, was, to ones that probably need it. Um, it was, I think it was was it after he retired. No, I think it was, yeah. I think after he retired, I heard Michael Ennis say that before he retired, he rang Wayne Bennett for his advice. Yeah. You know? And, and that was a long time. That was a between, long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, well, that says everything right there. I mean, given the you know the length of uh, you know water under the bridge and everything that, mm. that had gone with Ennis. Um, so, look, if it, it seems like Seabold, he he wants or de- or demands. Yeah, and rightly so. You know, like he doesn't want anyone distracted or you know yep. not not one hundred percent committed. You're right. You know, I, I feel like the the general. I feel like the general would just would rule rule with a you know strict discipline, perhaps not fatherly, but it would be evenly across the board. Yeah. I feel like that he's a general whose kids are also in the military, and the problem is. They're in a different platoon, and their name's Damien Cook, <laughs> and 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 uh, and, uh, and Reynolds, and, and people like that, yeah. that actually can do a fucking job for him. Yeah. Or players where there there is no adequate replace, you know, comparison player in the Broncos like the Spine, <laughs> any of those guys. <laughs> but uh, look, you know, this <clears throat> South need a GI replacement. Roberts slotted in there would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I guess you know a chance for him to sort of redeem himself down there, and especially with a coach who has you know some some ready built ideas on game plans specifically around Jimmy. Yeah, but I mean, how do you game plan for a player whose whose only thing is intercepts length of the field intercept tries? Well, <laughs> I, I would assume um, from everything I heard at Broncos HQ yeah. was that you know Wayne would give a lot. The staff missions, yeah, to spend extra time with people like Jimmy on things like, okay, well, who's in front of him? Yeah, what do they do when they throw long balls? How can you get yourself positioned? There was actually a yeah. bit of homework that went into it. Yeah, I think that, I think that almost universally, I mean, Origin, his Broncos career, mm-hmm. I just think you know maybe give him fucking more ball when you've got the ball mm-hmm. rather than low percentage. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, they're high percentage plays when they come off. Yeah, I mean, he's 100% success rate. No one's going to catch him going back against yeah. the grain. But, uh, yeah. On the um, subject of player transfers. Yes. Manly. What's that? Making a play for Gutho. Apparently. And um, it's. It, I think it, it's fucking hilarious in a way. It's hilarious at Parramatta. Like, I get I get Parramatta's situation. They've got like 19. Is it 19 plus the coach or 19 including the coach of players and stuff coming off contract? It's. They've the got a lot same of fucking, sized abortion either way. They've got a, they've got a lot of a, they've really mismanaged the increments yeah. in which people are coming off contracts because clubs never have fucking you know almost an entire first grade squad yeah. coming off contract. No. I mean that, it just that that rarely fucking happens. Um, usually they manage it. They got like a big player a year and a couple of other ones. And then the, you know, the only time you should have to replace nineteen players. Is if they're playing crash and they fucking ate each other in the Andes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so, the only time that should Or the fucking yeah, Toowoomba or the Blue Mounds or wherever you're flying over the in the rugby league <laughs> to go to a rugby league game. I don't know. You think you're in the Blue Mounds, you could probably find a way to survive. <laughs> you know, get, get out, get out of Penny or somewhere. Like get out of Shunner's place, just feed. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't have to eat each other. Yeah. Um, Shunner's just going for a day trip out the back to Orange or somewhere. <laughs> Cunts with giant beards on the side of the road. <laughs> Burke and Will's hats. Um, and that, that's 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 the one funny part. And and look, like I I totally I su- I totally support Parramatta's uh, rationale to date, which is like we can't you know 
spend all the fucking money on, on this on guy when we've got yeah. these other guys. We need to sort of see how things shake out. However, when they do delay and and there's bargaining yeah. power on the player's side, then of course it's going to end badly and, they, and he's going to, uh, he feels like he hasn't been uh, treated, you know, the way he would like to be treated. So he's, you know, going to be open market and everything. I think the price is too high because he's, he's a captain and fullback. Or you know, with the eels, I mean, he played like, and he wants like seven fifty a year or whatever. But you can't get that when you're not going to be the captain at Manly. You're not yeah. going to play fullback at Manly. You could, you could get that money if you wanted. If you, if you were going to be five eighth, probably could play a lot of fullback though. Well, he could play, but I think he'd be more likely five eighth because that's still like an unsettled kind of position. Like well, certainly not like, you know, like cemented okay. in. If, if I was going for a job and the incumbent that was in front of me. Was a fucking chromosomally challenged <laughs> genetic failure specimen with one leg longer than the other, where it prevented him from doing one of the key components of the job, running. That's a crazy thing to come out snapping his fucking muscles. That's a crazy fucking thing that come out too, because I mean, you'd think in an athletics like that sort of stuff should should be found. Like I, I had a a girl went to my high school. And shared the same the same thing. I don't know if it was a centimeter though. I mean, you'd never know until you found out. But I mean, like, but like we used to call her six and a four, like because <laughs> le- I mean, it doesn't make sense now because her feet were the same size. It was the length of the legs. It was a difference, right? But um, but that and she had like that had the, that's a, it was serious fucking like that was like you know had a space station fucking constructed around her leg for did fucking you, six months or so. Did you just used to try and scare her like with bomb threats and fire warnings and shit just to see if she ran in a circle? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. Until, until you know, she, she has the operation and she's basically her legs in fucking traction for six months sort of thing. Yeah. You'd never, you'd never know. I mean, you, just, you wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Don't you just put something in your shoe? Well, you you know you'd think so. Like that's orthotics would be the first thing you'd think of. Yeah. You know, like it, it, put them in your boots, or whatever. I mean, that's that's step one. I mean, yeah. And how how that hasn't been found out till now, after having like you know two inj- two of the recurrence of the or same just, injury. Just wear your fucking one boot for a couple of weeks, and or just put the long studs in one side. Say, run on the concrete and wear the studs down on one side. <laughs> fucking hell! But um. But look, so I, I think I think you know, if he wanted to command uh, the his maximum money that he thinks he's going to get, he'd have to be playing in five eighth, which is fine. And but the the other hilarious part of it is, I mean, there's a Parramatta side of things, you know, disrespecting their best player, blah blah blah. But then there's the the other side of it is that he's fucking yeah, manly, manly junior, not many, not many of those, but he's one of them. Mm. Let go by Barrett. Because Barrett didn't see anything in him, yeah, and and this is after he was signed. He was still yep. signed for two years or something. Yep, yep, yep. It's, it's so if he had have just been relegated to like Blacktown or something, then he could have just got his recall through. You know, like Desi would, because Desi fucking loved him. I mean, and he could have got his yeah. recall back through. And um, but you know, look, if he ends up there, great. But I, I worry about his. I mean, so I worry about his durability too. Because I mean, one, like yeah. we can joke about Turbo, but fuck me, Gutho has been. Almost the biggest biscuit in fucking rugby league, like outside of, you know, Timmy Molson. And and upping his occurrence of playing on Brookvale Oval from yeah. once Brookvale. once a year to fucking every second week. Get the stats out. Whoever's got the stats this year, the Brookvale Oval is fucking low on the list of fucking of uh, injury ground related injuries. Where did you guys play on the weekend? Yeah, Brookvale. How many people went off? I don't know. 
with, you know, crippling. How many people went off with injuries related to the ground? Zero. Rapina fucking had a rib injury. Cherry Evans had Elliot Whitehead fucking gator roll up his fucking ankle. No, that was the that was the fucking grass. You can see it plain <sighs> as day. If the grass hadn't caved under it. If the, gra- if the grass hadn't have been on the ground and he hadn't been standing on it. <laughs> well, you, you raise valid points. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to play rugby league. Look, if, that's one, not, if you're not willing to fucking agree to that verbal contract, it's hard to play the sport of rugby one league. Ma- one man's paradise is another man's parking lot. <laughs> uh, I know what you're trying to say. Um, am, uh, I, am I trying to say it, though? Uh, I don't know. You're, just, don't you're know. just trying to make me fucking laugh about it again. Um, no one knows what the fuck we're talking but about. But then on that other side of that roundabout, Appy going to the Tigers. Well, yeah, I don't see that happening. Motherfucker, this is every week. What is uh, that? Dun, dun, dun? Like, is that your, is it bedtime, is it? Yeah, it's go to bed. <laughs> you got a little, your phone plays like a little lullaby as so they go to bed, Jay. Yeah, don't you measure your sleep? <laughs> no? Why? I know how, you know, I've, I've got a fair idea of when I go to sleep and I know what time I wake up. Unless, unless you measure it. You Mental calculation, I know. Unless you measure it, you can't manage it. <laughs> At the end of the day, when when you've got a fucking podcast to do on a Tuesday night, you can't manage it anyway. You just know it's going to be a late fucking night. <laughs> and, I know. I've, and, got, I've got the no-dos on the desk. And it's a, a, and a it's an early morning that follows it up. <laughs> and so, it is no, I, I usually I just know that Wednesday's a fucking write-off and I'm usually asleep at night o'clock <laughs> on Wednesday night. Um, the last one I have down here, and then I think and then we've got one from Facey after that, but uh, Paul Green... Losing the dressing room. I say Uppy quickly. Who fucking knows? I mean, with with Uppy, I mean that's that's a very like that's a that's a wishes fucking thing for for the Tigers. They 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 wish they had someone as good as him. Is he off contract at the end of the year? Oh, I don't. Or are know. they trying to do that thing where they'll sign him for the year after and have him released? I don't know. I mean, I th- I, I think that he's. While I wouldn't say that he is an absolute linchpin crucial piece of the puzzle well no i, I, I think they definitely would like to help you know, keep him i just think because there was there was a recent uproar by that club about somebody that spoke to their coach before they were off contract so it'd be interesting to see uh, the situation with Appy. i don't know i don't have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> the tigers kicked up a shit because penrith spoke to ivan oh. before his contract was out well i mean the tigers would never you know like a justin a justin affiliate yeah. organization would never do anything like that yeah i mean let's be real no I mean, highest integrity. Yeah. Flawless track record. (laughs) Continuous employment in rugby Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I mean, anyone anyone would love to have him at the club, especially with the Tigers, who have so many next big things to replace Robbie, but he's still fucking there because they're all turned out to be, you know, non-durable, you know, pieces of shit that can't play. So, (laughs) I mean, how long is fucking, like, was it Jacob Little? How long's he been the next big thing? Six, eight, 12 years? I don't fucking know. Yeah. I feel like he was born for it. Yeah. But he hasn't fucking he hasn't swum out of the fucking cesspool yet, though. So, um, look, of How course they won't. When you can't even get a spot on future goodness at the Tigers. Yeah. How bad are you when you can't play on potential yeah. at the Tigers? <laughs> I mean, fuck. <laughs> That's like half the list, isn't it? <laughs> uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so, like, of course they won't. Any club would. Uh, I, th- I feel like that he's it, it's not... Like Fainu is fucking is had an incredible year so far, mm-hmm. but I still think that that rotation between the two 
is is working really well. So I can't yeah. I can't unless unless he's coming off contract and wants a fuck ton of money and he get and he gets fuck off money thrown at him. Yep. I can't see anything changing there. Yep. Um Paul Paul Green allegedly losing the dressing room. Yes. The quotes that I've read here, um and this came from uh uh Webster, I think I got on Fox Sports, but he said uh there's been plenty of talk about him not living up to the standards that he sets for his own team. Ooh. And uh, expanding on that, he said, uh, it's stuff like not turning up for the bus on time, turning up for training on time. However, he'll drill blokes who don't, you know, who don't turn up on time, but he's not so great at abiding by that himself. And, uh, and then, then this is, this is the, this is the, the crunch at the end. I know for a fact that some players who've left there recently and are still there are not very happy with him. Who could that be? I wonder. <laughs> Sounds like the most, you know, the way I read that is the most influential player in North Queensland history. Yeah. So what do you say? Some players that have left there. And- I know for a fact that some players who've left there recently and are still there are not very happy with him. So okay, is, that, that- is that players who've left and still remain resident that in Townsville that- and around the club? Or it is Australia's sports journalism's excellent level of the use of English in yeah. I, for, that have for starters, there's terrible English as well anyway, as, as well as others who are who remain, who remain, who are still um, there. Yeah, ex-players plus current players. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, I thought that that may have been the case a couple of weeks ago. Then the Cowboys, then they rattled off a couple of good, you know, good performances in a row. They rattled off a with, couple of adequate, but then they, yeah, against some some shitty opponents, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean things are starting to settle in a bit. You can kind of tell which teams are have some structure there, and which teams are just taking the piss. Yeah. But then, then you get then you get the occasional you know blip where like yeah. Newcastle are fucking garbage, and they come out and play a great game. Good. Yeah, and their fans go off like um, they fucking won the grand final, and like we we're, we're cunts for for you know for saying their team won fucking twenty percent of their games of the season. Yeah, the week well, less than that. It was one and five, one and five, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't one off five. Week before that, they were fucking crowdfunding to get every female in Newcastle into a yellow dress. <laughs> Fuck. Exactly. Um, oh, then you see, like, people are like, oh, we're back on board now after one fucking win over the Parramatta Eels who've won the fucking spoon yeah. for how many years? Settle the fuck down. Now, the last one was the one that, uh, well, we had the Maloney versus Buzz thing. And so that eventuated because Buzz Rothfield uh, did an article where he didn't imply, he pretty much said that Maloney was uh, looking to get out of Dodge, uh, speculating upon a potential deal in England mm-hmm. to, to probably to you know, complete his career. And the reason was, and it was explicitly said because he's unhappy at being dropped from being a captain. And Maloney has directly addressed it yeah, and said... Uh, well, yeah, it's a fucking lie. I mean, yeah, I'm, he, I'm not. He, you know. he said no. Um, you know, I, I'm not angry about losing the captaincy. Yep. Uh, it's bullshit, and he feels that the comments Buzz made uh, painted him in a negative light as a person. Yep. yep. Even if but then Buzz comes back and then like to continue the story though, Buzz comes back and is like, I didn't say any lies. And then you be, you look at the fucking article that he printed. And uh, it's he clearly says like clearly quotes you know, unhappy because you know from being dropped in the captaincy yeah. yeah so and and even that like let's say that that was something that that came out. that's not entirely true anyway because he didn't lose the captaincy he was one of six players or fucking eighty four players that were in a leadership group 
at Penrith, and then after a couple of rounds, Ivan narrowed it down. Yep. So he didn't lose the captains. And internally, he would have known that that was the, the way it was going to be. It was like a almost like an audition yeah. or whatever for the captaincy, and yeah, there'd be a, there'd be a winner who'd be most suitable. Yeah, whatever. This ties into the that mole guy mm-hmm. has also been touting today, um, and he put a tweet out that says. The media don't tell lies. Yep. They get things wrong occasionally. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, this is the person who, um, before Channel 9, who apparently still employ him or fucking pay him. Yeah. In some capacity because their name's in his Twitter handle. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. Had had the, the lovely and, and socially acceptable money-making scheme of touting first try scorer bets yeah. on social media. And he'd get um, he'd get one around maybe whilst being paid and, and, by yeah, gambling by, by you bet or whomever yeah. yeah and 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 he would sort of have like oh this is going to be a first try scorer and this is the ruffie and and he'd he'd uh he'd kaboom it if it's you know the first try scorer to try at any stage in the game or you know yeah oh, it was close yeah uh, top quality human Right yep. there. Yep. And, you know, always goes on about how good mates he is with people in the game and, you know, influential figures like Freddie and... Uh, yep, yep. Um, never would- never misses a chance to say when he's had coffee with a manager yeah. or a player or he spotted his player, you know. I would put to you that in the role of a journalist, in the, the profession mm-hmm. of being a journalist, you know... There may be some definition of the word where you might be able to make a call that journalists don't tell lies per se. I would suggest to you that as I've had somebody in journalism actually say to me on Twitter that it's more important to be first than to be right. Yep. uh, By not adequately checking sources. Well, I mean, there's there's a a process where, you know... Real journalists, i.e. ones that don't report on rugby league and, you know, potentially ones that don't work in Australia. Yeah. Where they, you know, they need to, to proceed with the story. They need to have a number of verifiable yeah. sources. That's it. That if won't, if they won't go down on the record, they're at least yep. known to the, you know, to the journal. And it's not That's just it. like just made up fucking- and It has to be known to their editor before the yeah. editor will let the story go and through. There's so much speculation in, Australia, in, in the rugby league, like- Articles will exist just on. I had a I had a chat with. They said, yeah. and I think. Yep. Yeah. Right? If it's an opinion piece, touted as an opinion piece. Yep. Right? But the other thing is, in that role, saying something that you aren't sure if it's true is, to me, the equivalent of a lie. Yeah, and if, I mean, if, like, if and you can, you can, and you can probably finesse your way around around that, and yeah, uh, uh, you know, and and yeah, mince your words, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you know, did you ever get in shit when you were a kid? And if it's not true, I mean, okay, if you don't want to, if you don't want to concede that it's a lie, well, you can concede as an untruth. <laughs> well, you know, do you ever get that line from your parents? Not telling the whole truth is as good as telling a lie. Yeah, yeah. How is that not true for journalists? Yeah, you know, so. Going off early, saying something that's not confirmed when they know that it will yep. be taken as fact yep. by the readers. The fact remains that rugby league media in this country 
is in such a dire strait because of the relationship they've had with the game over the last, I was only five years. I reckon it's been going downhill in the way it has. Where they're now at the stage where there is so little value they can add mm-hmm. that, um, and people in the Facebook group said it as well, and other people on Twitter, you know. Buzz is there calling for people to send him photos of football players they've seen out in public. Yep, yep. For his column. Yep. You know, it, what is this? The fucking the red carpet Oscars. And, yeah, fucking, yeah, TMZ. Yeah, yeah. You know, spotted yeah. without makeup. Yeah. Fucking Victor Radley. Um, the, the fact that they're going to these lengths because they don't actually have anything informative to talk about. Is fucking sad, but it makes me happy because there's honestly, I reckon, only about three or so years before they're all made fucking redundant. Yeah, that won't happen. But if, you know, it would mm. be you know, it just it just won't because there's a there. It's it sucks, but there is like an element of tenure to these old times that have been around mm-hmm. for years, and they do wield a bit of power. I mean, I've said the story before about when I was doing the MMA thing. And you know how we were we were asked specifically yeah. by like UFC PR. Not how long to ago fucking was that though? Well, Buzz Rothfield. Um, this is Buzz. It was specifically Buzz Rothfield, and people will remember um, when he people Sydney Sydney people will remember when he ran a big campaign in the Daily Telegraph. You know, anti UFC, and and had he'd have a thing like a you know like the Ghostbusters thing, the red circle with the cross through it, like you know with UFC, like this is a no UFC zone, blah blah blah, and he was that you know, that heavy against it. And then I know that the PR was sort of trying to engage with him and say, you know, you should come along to thing. And I, I, there was one where he did come along and he loved it. I think he, I think it was a junket one. I think it was like a big card, like in, in Vegas on like Independence Day. Or <gasps> so shock horror, Buzz Rothfield knows how to work a system effectively. Get a trip to Vegas. And we know he doesn't mind a fucking lappy or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and there's plenty going on in Nevada. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, what's it? The South Sydney Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> and and then he comes back and I think I'm pretty sure it's the 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 no UFC zone and like you know, I've, I've, I'm repeating this story but for new listeners and he did an article where it was, there was basically about four or five dot points that we could have absolutely fucking drilled him on on the MMA podcast I was doing to the point where we were like let's fucking get this guy let's get him and we just tweeted him on the open timeline and said you know you want to come on and discuss this your article blah blah and he's like yep let's hook it up and then we get a DM from the PR for the UFC saying do not please please don't do this because yes he's a cunt yes I know I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) do Yeah, okay. and and you'd be correct in doing it, but he just he he wields too much power in this, the city, in the thing. Australian media for us to be. We've worked really hard to get to a certain level with the media here, and he he could fuck it all up for us. So yeah, yeah. I I would suggest that that same situation played out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe different now would have a different result. Yeah, even so, and. Let me give you an example of this. I'm going to say something now, but I'm mm-hmm. going to say where I saw this information. So yep. I saw this information on three different Twitter accounts. Yep. So that's how credible this is. Yep. You listeners take that and use your own random people, random people Twitter accounts, or um, like just like civilians. But the word is that the Daily Telegraph and its staff have been told to try and uh, oh, like relationship, yeah, cozy up to popular popular social media yep. accounts. Yep. To try and fix their image. Yeah. 
which shows a distinct vacuum of understanding about how social media works. Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck me. I, I really hope that they are out there offering people cash and favours for- Well, let's look, put it this way. If we, if we start softening our line- on rugby league journalists, which we are happy to do, by the way. Yeah, then uh, you will. Price. You will. You will also understand why the fucking the uh, the patron is on us <laughs> <laughs> at every meetup. <laughs> um, but you know, even Buzz Rothfield, he came out and his excuse for why he didn't ring James Maloney to confirm was it was the day before a game, and I didn't want to disturb him. Yeah, so I'm just going to disturb him by printing shit yeah. in, the, in in the newspaper that makes him look like a cunt. So you'd pref- you'd prefer to just print something you don't know is true, which we've already mm-hmm. established is the same as a lie. Yep. Uh, instead of delay the story by 24 hours, I've seen plenty of stories where players had to had to confirm. I mean, because he didn't have to be interviewed over it. No, he just had to answer the phone. Yeah. And I'm sure that that would, you know, and, and it would be very easy for the, judging from what Maloney uh, said in his response, it would be very easy for him to say, no, nah, there's nothing to it. Yeah. You know, you're full of shit. That's it. End of story. Yeah. Done. But, you know, if it's a quota there, Buzz hasn't met it because he's, that's now another the, article down, right? The shitty reality we've got to realise as fans, though, is that now media mm-hmm. is scrambling for relevance, for eyeballs, and for dollars via advertising. And they get those dollars now by by eyeballs and impressions. Yep. If that, you know, the, the story they run about Cody Nicarima, mm-hmm. they're going to get Broncos fans read that. Yep. They're going to get Warriors fans read that. And they're going to get a certain subsection of the generals. Yep. You know, that's the reality. Yep. You print a scandal, you get everyone. Yeah. And that's why they do it. So. <laughs> And this is obviously not confined to rugby league as well. I, I don't rem- no. I don't know the the player story. I don't, I've got very very little facts here because I don't care. But I don't follow anyone involved in it. But I did see retweeted by someone else on my timeline. I have no fucking idea who it was, and I could not be less interested in going back and finding it. But there was a situation where a journalist, an AFL journalist, I presume it was an AFL journalist, certainly reporting on AFL, mm. said in a tweet about, uh, you know, some player uh, had great results, you know, coming up from a scan and the injury and, and you know, there's going to be news about this injury this player had. Yep. And uh, they're going to they're have some good news about it, you know, to be confirmed later later yep. on. And the players tweeted him going, it's fucking, stop, to, why, are you, why are you fucking lying? And, and the oh. dude's like, I'm not lying. He goes, well, um, you tweeted that at like midday and I didn't go in for scans until 3.30. So you fucking made it up. Like, <laughs> and the players like directly got like, like, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. I mean, same situation as this Maloney thing, but fucking hell. I mean, how hard is it? To, how how hard is their life and, and their, their profession where they've got to crank out words that are just you know made up or you know that's throw i believe or you know sources it's, of it's because they live in a world with no consequence mm. and it is so much now a scramble for for relevance and eyeballs yeah that's all it is yep. and so to finish this up we have a story about the rugby league media and and the person that sent it through at the time they were nameless and, and this is years ago and then now they've brought it up again today I'm not sure if if their name is meant to be attached to it now or not, Let, but I'm just not I'm just going to not just to be yeah. safe, um, even though he's kind of added himself on the facey. 
about it. It's, but a, clo- anyway, it's a closed yeah, group. Yeah, it's a closed group. So, yeah. you know, you'll figure it out if you're in the Facebook group. He said, oh, good evening, gents. I'm afraid I'll need to be a little serious here for a moment. Reading the Mole's Twitter plea for stories last night reminded me of something. Three years ago, I leaked the story to Nate about Matt Lodge flying to Brisbane to meet with Wayne Bennett. I asked Nate to keep my name out of it as I was worried that this could lead to the person who told me being in some strife. This person was close to Lodge but hated him and what he had done. Nate kindly left my name out. Three weeks between before I told Nate, I contacted the Mole and gave him the story. My reasoning at the time was that this way the story would get out but could not be trace back to the source i chased him several times he kept on saying leave it with me i wanted it out so i took it to nate who mentioned it on the pod the sydney morning herald stole the story a few days later and the rest is history we have a couple of scenarios here either the mole did fuck all with it or he looked into it and found out it was true, but was told by Brisbane or Bennett not to say anything. This pisses me off when we have journalists deciding on who they will and won't report on. Cut the shit and just tell the truth. Last night, we had the mole begging for stories to get a new contract. A few weeks ago, Rothfield was, uh, Rothfield was asking Twitter followers for spotteds for his column. Rugby league journalism is at all-time low in this country. It's time they got out of the gutter, but I can't see it happening anytime soon. Now, look, and play- then he signs off with his name, which I will yeah. not mention. To play fuckwit's advocate... <laughs> it is it is entirely plausible because in that situation now I'm only making some assumptions here. There was no source. There was mm-hmm. only speculation and whatever. Yeah. There might not have been enough for the mole to go on. Yeah. Who knows? It is also feasible that he did investigate and you know was was told to put a kibosh on it. Yep. Uh, at, although I'm not sure why. Because from the way the NRL handled that whole lodge situation, I don't think anyone would have seen it as that much of an issue at that stage. They seem to be completely yeah. blindsided by the fact that people got the shits with Matt Lodge returning. Yeah, well, that's true too. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that mystery caller, you are one hundred percent correct. Rugby league journalism is in an absolute fucking woeful state. Yep. But yeah. Is, is, I keep saying it. If you do not click, there is no bait. Mm-hmm. And this is something that comes up a lot in the in the Facebook group as well. When people now will, you know, they'll that, grab screenshots that of the articles take into it. to That's take perfect. the click. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so, uh, look, yeah, I'm and I'm definitely not against the industry as a whole. I just would I just would like to see people do their fucking job in an ethical and, you know. Yeah. Well, in in the way that I would I would imagine that they were, you know, instructed and you know ethically obliged to yeah. undertake their profession. Righto, recaps. This week we had a Thursday afternoon uh, Anzac Day game. The Roosters 20 defeat the Dragons 10 at the SCG. Crowd of just under 38,500 in attendance. Roosters tries to uh, Latrell, Crichton and SST. Mitchell 3 of 3 conversions and a penalty goal. The Dragons 10 tries to Lomax and Dufty with uh, Lomax 1 of 2 conversions. Yeah, it was uh, the night of Takiaho here. He's almost at an Isaiah Yo level of unappreciated megastar. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the you know, if, if a tree falls in the forest, yeah, you know, well, yeah, you know, it's like if like 
if you appreciate Isaiah Yo, I mean, is he even going to remember it? Yeah, that's like, it. No. <laughs> <do> you- <laughs> so, so maybe he's not underrated. Maybe he just doesn't. He just does. He's just not aware. <laughs> I think he's probably adequately rated at this well, point too. Yeah. There, there is a great Isaiah quote about the matter. Puffer who, fish propeller. I was going to say, who are you? <laughs> yeah, it was a look a nice little start to the game. The Roosters out early that after Latrell just played the whistle, I guess, after what appeared to be a, a knock on or a fumble. He picked up and carried on with it. Well, everybody else stopped it. Really was um, Jake Friend coming back in, and I know I personally had been a little bit, God, not critical, but dubious as as to the impact he could make just coming back in himself. But you pretty much said he was the, he was basically a, a a ventriloquist dummy with Cooper Cronk's arm up his ass. Yeah, I said working the, him. I said the best thing he'd done for the Roosters in the last two seasons had been to learn exactly where Cooper Cronk needed him to position himself and to position the ball. I'll tell you, this was just the first of of many games over the weekend with origin implications. Yeah, fucking (laughs) Because Friend has a dominant fucking game. Yeah. Stamps himself as the guy from Queensland who's eligible to play origin. Yep. That can fill the number nine jersey without them having to, you know, fuck around with, you know, does Ben Hunt do it or, you know, interchange or whatever. They finally get a hooker, put his hand up and say, pick me. And then he fucking ruptures his bicep or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So terrible luck. That's his, like he kicked a beautiful forty-eight twenty in for Crichton to go over. Then it comes up, you know, and and in a an Anzac Day game, there were some fair fucking highlights that came out of this one, like yeah. Duff, Duffy solo try. Yep, that'll be on replay in every two thousand and nineteen season yep. highlights package for the rest of the year. Then Jack Frank comes in again and turns the hero into the villain and tackles him that hardy fucking and just makes him look yeah. absolutely fucking shit house. Yeah. Okay. And then it's funny for riding the emotion, the emotions of Dragons fans on Dufty as well because last year it was like they were just up in his shit. They yes. loved him, and then you know then towards the end of the year I think yeah he, he probably wasn't as good. Uh, you know, as, as young players, you know, can sort of drop yeah. off a little bit. Exactly. But um, then this season, yeah, he he was sort of you know role sharing with with Widdop and they, that fucked up situation where they couldn't figure out what they were going to do with their spine yeah. and you know shuffle everything around. Yeah, that didn't help anyone. But just watching, like they'll go, they'll go four seasons in one game with Dufty, where they're just like fuck him off to Reggie's, yeah, fuck him off out of the club entirely. <laughs> oh my god, he's the second coming. He's yeah. a fucking, he's, he's a lord. And uh, this game had, you know, a couple of those in there. But um, it, it really seemed to me that the Dragons were looking for, and yeah, this is the role, I guess, previously filled by Widdop, somebody to direct them in that game. Like, they had all of the pieces there to get in, mm-hmm. and they weren't out of it by any means. You know, Duffy yep. brought it back to, um, you know, what was it, 14-10. Yep, yep. Um. But then they just started to fall apart at some critical times. Like there were, there were some opportunities they had where they were making good ground, and then it was just like it was poor options, like um, Periara and Ravalawa. Yep. You know, going up the side and just tackle two or three. It was on a seven tackle set, completely fucked the opportunity and and turned the ball over. But that's where I I really think 
Ben Hunt, if he's to stand up, because he hasn't made a secret of it that he wants to play seven for Queensland. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not even as if he's competing against other sevens because he's got Munster and he's got Morgan in North Queensland that, yep. that, are, that are incumbents. You know, then no, he doesn't really have DCE anymore. Um, I think that would have been a good time for him to stand up and really lead the Dragons home. Yep. By just playing territory because there was a good stage there at the end where they looked to be on top of the Roosters. Um, but there you go, Jake Friends tackle. That's the difference. Ryan F, the best. I know you. I know you say don't blame the refs, but what fucking bias cunts were ripped off at every opportunity and still managed to win? Dragons have nothing. I don't think that's exactly accurate. No, but that's a that's a East fan narrative. Yanis uh, underscore Mateus. Ryan Seder. F. Ryan yeah. F. We've established it's not that Ryan F, haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Giannis, uh no shame losing to this team in this uh, losing to a team in this form. Few too many errors at key times. Not good enough at this level. Alphabet RL copy and paste from last week. Great first half. Then we relax and St George come back. Amazing tries from Dufty and Big Co. Loved Paul versus Fall and Ben Hunt's drop. I'll tell you what, I mean, look, this is the thing about Origin. Like, you know, I don't like it when players from my team go down and stuff like that. But Queensland were f- probably up against it, could be said, this year. Yep. And there was probably one 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 area of the field where I feel I had the advantage, and that was the halves, because our halves have been playing like fucking shit. Yep. And, and Cherry Evans and Munster have been fucking on fire. Yep. Without question. Now, and then they get their, and they get their hooker decided, and then boom. Nine down, seven yeah. down. Ben Hunt. I mean, you know, I mean, pressure situations like Origin's probably not known for pressure, but you know, <laughs> Ben Hunt in pressure situations. <laughs> and so I feel like Munster's probably doing it himself. <laughs> uh, Devonhead, have your April Premiership Roosters. We'll take the October one as soon as the dumb is beaten out of some of our backs. That's a bold, a bold statement for a Dragons fan to make. Yes, acting like they play for fucking October Premierships. <laughs> Storm 13 defeat the Warriors 12 down at the Korean Housewife, just over 21,500 in attendance. The Storm tries to Munster and Hughes. Uh, Munster, one of two conversions and a penalty goal. Brody Croft with the field goal. And Warriors tries to Adam Blair and Ken Mamalo. Uh, Chanel Harris Tavita with a conversion and a penalty goal. There's some uh, some little mini revelations out of this game. One of them was Thorhu Harris is. A serviceable five eight. <laughs> well, I mean, he he and he has he has stepped in and had to do it for the storm, you know, on the odd occasions. Yeah. So um, it it's a he's he's a, a very skillful guy for a guy who you have to say has spent the vast majority of his of his NRL career in the forwards. Yeah. It, um. I mean, he's not like an Asiata level of like skill, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Second one was that uh, young Herbert. On debut, with one of the better defensive efforts I've seen from a debutant in a long time, and fuck, he had some traffic run at him. Yeah, he he wasn't left alone all night, and didn't shirk. Stood up and really, he, he looked like he belonged there. Yeah, you know, he, he, yep. he didn't look like he was uh, overawed by the occasion, but. Warriors, I, I think we're hardly done by here. 
Well, this is the, you know, we, we, I think we would have mentioned that there were two ways this game could have gone. Absolute brutality. Yes. Or the Warriors doing the Warriors thing where they go down to Melbourne and fucking shock everybody. Just, yeah. And they didn't quite get there in terms of the, you know, the, the real shock. But let it be said, there were uh, <laughs> a lot of people who felt they were hardly done by. Yes, there were. Many of them just on the the last uh, last parts of the game, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, obviously, so, yeah. Um, um, what'd you make of it? I I don't think it was a penalty, but I'm conscious of the fact I probably don't think that because it was the penalty that tied it up. You know, yeah, I'm not confident that I would have that same opinion if it happened 30 minutes in with nothing on the line. Yep. You know, so um, I also am very convinced that I love an underdog story and I would love the Warriors to get down there and... Yeah, and win, uh, always. And I mean, and for the record, the NRL has said that it was a mistake awarding the penalty on behalf of Chechen. Yep. And uh, look, I don't want people to start internet bullying Matt Chechen over it because Lord knows he's had trouble with it in the past or, or give, phone, phoning him up and giving him death threats if you, in fact, have his phone number. I mean, don't be doing that shit, but it's not surprising. Whilst he has emerged and you know clawed his way and probably become the most consistent referee uh, in non-manly games in the NRL or had you know, up until his departure... <laughs> and then, and subsequent return, uh, yeah. This was, yeah. He, he's uh, he, he can he can make a mistake. Yeah, and let's leave it at that. Um, oh, fuck, we said it last week. You know this whole new PR thing they've got. There's no quick yeah. way to shut a fan base up than to go. Yeah, we got it wrong. We're really sorry. Yeah, it was rest fault. You're right. Yep, hundred percent. Although the one thing that I haven't seen is when they do say that. The news cycle for the fans going, oh, the referee said it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's still real short, though. Yeah. That's really short. Yeah. I mean, they're like last year. Yeah. If the referees admit they made a mistake that, that, cost, the, that cost the game. It's because it wasn't done regularly and it wasn't yeah. done so efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, last year, like, it would have been all fucking week until the next game had been played. It'd be, oh, we didn't really lose that game. It was fucking, yeah, the referees, they never really admitted they robbed us, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Rugby league fans are like angry cunts in traffic. Yeah. You know? I remember I cut a guy off. And I did. I legit cut him off. And he yeah. done that thing where he's fucking sped up and he got next to me at the lights and he put his window down and then so I wound the passenger window down. And he's fucking going off his head and blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm like, oh, you were that bloke there? Yep, mate. I'm really sorry. 100%. My bad. Very sorry. Enjoy your day. Put the window up again. He's still going up. No, down. still going. That wasn't enough. Put it down again, and he's looking at me, and he's still going off and off and off. And I said, "Yeah, you're right. Dick move. Very sorry. Thanks for letting me know." And it was like he he wanted me to see, tell him to fuck off. See, I'm putting yeah, putting what he wanted you to escalate it. Yeah, yeah, rather than de-escalate it. Yeah, like because I mean, I put myself in that situation, and if you'd if you'd done that, I'd be like, okay. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. He recognises that he's a cunt. Yeah, and uh, and he's he's taken ownership of that, and he's apologised for it. I I put the fucking club lock back on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I've never owned a club lock, but um, I was going to say, what are you driving a fucking nineteen eighty three Toyota yeah, Crown? 
Fucking. But I did have a chainsaw in the boot at one stage that I called Chewy. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was ready for road, road and situations. The There's all these fucking refs folding cunts out there going, Ugh! and they go, yeah, yeah, you're right. And they go, oh. Yeah. Oh, what? So. Whereas, but last year it would have been. Give us the two points there. Yeah, we give us the two points. We oh, strip them with the two, strip two points yeah. off that. <laughs> yeah. Put an asterisk on the whole fucking season. Um, yeah. Uh, the real TK16, why doesn't the NRL just hand the purple cheating cunt the game points every week and can have, and have Cam Smith as a ref? Hashtag Cam's fault. Hashtag ref's fault. Hashtag Korean housewife. Hashtag referees in decline. Um, Josh <laughs> underscore Gunton. On, uh, can I get a ref's fault pass on this Warriors game? The Warriors showed up only to be pipped by dud call in the fourth minute. Yeah. Bethany, glad the storm got up, but Vunivalu and Chambers both need to be permanently dropped. They're both so useless. Seve and Scott Centers, uh, Pappenhusen and Jay, uh, Josh Adokar on the wings. Also, Munster is a gun and they'd be fucked without him. Hashtag Munster Mash. Oh, get in there, Beth. Up, up, sh- the shit that Melbourne get away with and the calls they get, honestly, it turns me off watching footy. I can't fucking stand the purple cheats. I gotta say, I don't know if it's bec- if I've become like a more casual fan this year, whatever. But I just find myself getting far less invested in the minutia, you know, yeah, like emotionally invested in the minutia of what happens in games, even if it happens to my team. Yeah, which is weird. Maybe I'm just enjoying the fucking revelatory performance of Des Hasler and the fact that he's instilled some fucking heart into the side. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just grateful for that. I don't know, but I'm just feeling so fucking, so fucking chill <laughs> about everything. Fuck. You're going to have to change your Twitter name to The Biggest Eagle. I know. So, I'll be so wholesome, even though I've probably dropped about 50, 58 fuck bombs in this episode already. <laughs> change your name to The Biggest Eagle and just wait to see how long it takes to get degenerate DMs from fucking bald 40-year-old men inviting you to swingers parties. <laughs> Uh, um, Doggies 24 to feed the Cowboys 12 at ANZ crowd just over 6,500 fuck me in ANZ Doggies 24 tries 2 Jamal Idris 2 um, <laughs> Corey Harawir and Naira with a double and Josh Jackson with an origin recalling try uh, Reese Martin 4 of 4 conversions the Cowboys 12 uh, tries to uh, Justin O'Neill and Ben Hampton Kahu a conversion and a penalty goal is it what I like about doggies? Fucking fed him. I mean, it's only twenty four twelve, but they fucking they yeah, gave it to him in this game. But all over them, Idris two point Yeah, I really like the way that you can see that kid is thoroughly thinking about every situation he goes into. Yeah, like you you can see that he's weighing things up and he's except for that one time. Where they kicked over him? Where they sort of kicked, opener. they saw, yeah, when they sort of kicked over him and he kind of, and it was a Justin O'Neill's try and he, and he's, and he sort of, he the, he, O'Neill had the ball before he turned around, but he hadn't even like started to turn to face where O'Neill was. O'Neill was running sort of beside him and caught it and he was still running back to the ball I, towards the try line. I saw that as he thought the kick was going further in field and O'Neill was cutting in. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't, don't, don't think. Have a teammate tell you where the ball's going or fucking, yeah. I don't know, look over but your shoulder. More so, like, when he scored his, not the one yep. that was um, turned down for a forward pass, but scored his first actual try, mm. 
you can see him the minute he's through. He's like, oh, okay, look around. Who's there? Yeah, great. In yep. under, in close to the posts. Yep, that sort of thing. Like he's yep. consciously trying to make good decisions. Um, but it was a pretty shitty first half, and neither of them really seemed to want to take control. Yep, or to capitalise on yep. on anything that came their way. Um, but the the dogs up their focus in the second. Well, just half. once they once they got uh, got a sniff, it didn't all of a sudden just uh, there was just this perpetual roll that just didn't seem to stop. And CHN doing what he does, just yeah. running excellent lines. And there's a couple of consistencies. Have you seen that thing that you can do on the NRL app where you can see no. all the tries? Of the no, round? I've not seen that because yeah. I don't use the NRL app. Oh, well, I used the one to watch the games, but that's uh, that's all. Literally, all I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll watch a video on the games. At the end it. of the round, you can go back if you're that way inclined. And yeah. I'd watch it with the young fellow. We go and watch yeah. all the tries, and we. Oh, so it's just literally it's just like what? Just all, from, from a game or from a round? From the round. Oh, that's cool. I should fucking do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and the number of tries this year scored by cutting back in against yep. the grain of play. Yep. Or. By well executed second phase play. Yep. That's that's where the points are. That's where the bulk of points are. Yeah. This season. And that's where Haruinara lives. Yep. You know, coming back in against tired defenders. Yep. Because he's got a good turn of pace over a short distance. And he's big enough and strong enough to get through smaller defenders if he needs to. But the tries he scored in this one were yeah, you know, that's his resume. For, for why, when you sign him, you don't let him go. Yes. Um, or release him when you've still got years on him. Mm. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you just love to have him there just so just so Kikau didn't have a position locked down and you could go like, yeah. listen, cunt, that one fucking, that one yeah. steamroll that you do on an excellent line yeah. off a short ball. That's it. 10 metres out. That's great. That more, one try. More than once, please. Yeah, and not only that- we don't just want that. Yeah. Do something when we're fucking 20 metres off our own fucking yeah. line, you know? Yeah. Um, Josh Jackson gets it. <laughs> he gets a try and all of a sudden it's fucking origin, origin recall. <sighs> fucking relax. I mean, are people forgetting that like the, we won? Yeah. We don't yeah, have to, we-, we, we don't have to do too much. I mean, if there are players that are vastly like in dire form. And it it's not like our forwards. I don't feel like they're horrible. the problem. And even in teams that aren't performing, yeah. such as the Knights, like I still think someone like Clemmer is still fine. Yep. Like I see he's still getting a lot of fucking meters. Yeah. I mean it's not his fault. The the you know that the fucking secret ranger can't fucking deliver on his hype. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were talking about them and it's like fucking not even near their game, are we? No. Um anyway, I, I Cowboys just, lost the dressing room. Bulldogs still shit. And fucking poor Tamari Martin. Fucking so I saw something about oh, probably like four or five o'clock this afternoon saying he's uh, indefinitely stood down because he's having these migraines, more to come. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of hours. And it's like, yeah, he's got like bleeding on the fucking brain or something. Like, no, it's one of those like more fucked up medical terms where it's not bleeding on the brain. He has a bleed yeah. on the brain, 
when they just refer to something in a completely different way, yeah, that's because it's more fucked up. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I've I've had some experience with this shit, you know, very recently, like over the last two years. Like fucking my brother-in-law, that's and he's like he's in hospital again, actually, at the moment. Mm. Um, like for over the last fucking like eighteen months or something, like just you know, like aneurysms and fucking all, and like you know, he's been he's been okay, like lucky because they, you know they'll do, they'll do the scans and they'll do everything, and then they'll be like, well, yeah, there was three fucking aneurysms there, and you know, any of those gone, any of those that are yeah. gone, and you're fucking dead, and so they sort of you know get those fixed up, and then but then there's something there, you know, gets you know infections and all this shit, and it's just a fucking nightmare. And so I feel for like someone playing a contact sport. Well, I mean, okay, so like using the example of my brother-in-law, he, I mean, he does, but he's what? not allowed. He's not allowed to drive anymore. He's not. He's not. Any moment, he's not supposed to drive. Yeah. Can't do any of the shit that he used to like doing, like fucking riding trail bikes, jet skis. You can't do any of that. Um, Has he ever had to um, sell? You know, think they eventually have to sell all the businesses for you know. No. Has he ever? I'm just looking for yeah. like commonality. Yep. Has he ever fucked Trent Merrin's ex-wife? Look, I don't know. Was he married to her, or was he just yeah, with her? Yeah, they were married. Were they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought they were just like you know maybe engaged. I didn't think they actually got married. Ah, oh, same dude. Yeah. Well, look, I maybe that's the thing. I'm just thinking of how long he's been with his current wife and how old she is. I just think it's murky, murky. Okay. <laughs> I find it unlikely. Okay. However, maybe he's you know maybe it's not maybe it's not Trent Merrin's maybe it's some other Eskimo brothers in some other area. I don't know. Okay. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm not gonna rule it out. I think it may pay for North Queensland to check for two giant buck tooth shaped holes in the back of <laughs> TMM's head. <laughs> But yeah, man, like, like, but the the, the point saying is like how he can't, you know, he's not supposed to drive or anything. Let me tell you, running fucking into tackles on a football field would also be very, very far from things yeah. that he would be allowed to, you know, be permitted to do. Mm. So, I mean, it's potentially the end of his career. Like, I would not be surprised if that was it. And I mean that would that and if that were the case, it would probably come over the next like week. Yep. The, and because they do not fuck around with that that, that shit yeah, no. at all. So you know, I, I I would hope for the best because he hasn't you know he hasn't been bad for the Cowboys. No, not at all. And especially when they're kind of undermanned as well, and he's you know had to fill in you know a couple of slots you know yeah in, you know, in, in various different game scripts. But uh, there would be a tragedy, but like it wouldn't surprise me. Um, where are we? Uh, Devon Head. Somewhere, stepdad is crying into his receptacle's arms right now. Hashtag CHN. Yeah. The doggies fans all started coming to me. Oh, yeah, thanks for fucking- <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, yeah it, uh, he's one of those players where I will enjoy watching him play wherever he is. Ah, uh, okay. One of those players, yes. hey, cuck. GT351 underscore Johns. Good win. Not great, but good for the young pups. Some silly errors, but they held on. Hopefully the lads keep getting better with each week's experience and keep getting wins. Well done, doggies. Look at that positive GT351. He's not talking about peptides and fucking sharks and stuff. He's just happy. He's getting wins with his team this year, so he's leaving everyone else alone. Although I would find it funny if Haruinara comes out busted for peptides. Oh, that would be just delightful. The Rabbits 22 to feed the Penny Panthers 18 at Panthers Stadium with a crowd of just shy of 15,000. And uh, 
the Rabbits 22 tries to Turner, Allen, Cody Walker, Dane Gay Guy, uh, two or four conversions for Reynolds and a penalty goal. The Panthers 18 tries to Maloney, DWZ, Kickow, the aforementioned 10 metre blast, and um, Cleary, two or three conversions and a penalty goal. Another half game performance. Taken on its own, just in isolation, this was a good performance overall. I feel like, like that the side over the last two weeks is improving, mm. like massively improved. Yeah. Unfortunately, it hasn't translated into what's important. We'll and if it, field, yeah. And if it doesn't keep, and, and if it keeps doing like that, I mean, eventually the improvement will disappear because they'll, you know, they're fucked in the head. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. That's it. They've so, done their best, and what? What? Well, to quote, to quote, to quote, real dad's favorite band. You know, like they tried so hard, <laughs> in the end, it didn't really matter. <laughs> To paraphrase, of course. <laughs> More on that later in the mailbag. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say that, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. <laughs> but, um, but what Ivan does not want is exactly that, yep. to be in that position where he's trying to get their head back into the season. Yeah. You know, and that's... and based on past history with Ivan coach size, once their head is fucked... That's, yeah. They're pretty much fucked. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, like, just fucking put all your trees in a tree museum. Um, He's not doing the big speech. Yeah, That not at gets all. everyone galvanised and and cheering. Um, you know, one of the team might get a new PlayStation game or something, but I don't know what he'd do for the rest of them. It just, again, is discipline with Penrith. You know, they, they went into this game up against... A team that's, you know, probably fourth after daylight. If you say that there's there's Melbourne and the Roosters, then then a gap. Souths are, are very much the only ones in spot three. Manly, who flog Souths, undermanned. Just I'm just saying, the math checks out. <laughs> um, o- over the course of the season, I'm saying here, but um, yeah, same. <laughs> that was one game over the course of the season. We still up there. <laughs> but we beat Canberra and everything. The forwards stood up. You know, um, I think we look so much better when Egan's at dummy half. Katoa is again a absolute fucking attacking handbrake. He is actually like I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he is the worst aids. Scenario you could ever get with a hooker, which is you didn't get it from the sex. <laughs> they, oh, I'm just, I'm just saying, like you know, there's cut open. You, it would be horrific to get AIDS from a hooker. However, he's worse than that. That's yeah, all I'm saying. But I'm, I'm just trying to think. So they, like, you didn't get the AIDS from the sex. They got there. You rolled they, off onto a syringe or something that was. <laughs> Oh, wow. you, out of the mattress. You and I think worst case scenario very differently. <laughs> oh, what's your worst? What you, you're saying with the, the, well, I, the. I had her slicing up the middle of her thumb and then sticking her thumb up your urethra. <laughs> <laughs> There's all, like, once again, the recurring theme is you putting stuff up your urethra or having someone put something up your urethra. Yeah, as I feel worst like case scenario. I, I feel, yeah, but it's it's just it's just a constant thing you go to, and it just makes me think that there's the well, <laughs> there's yeah, something there. The worst case scenario. <laughs> that is a worst case scenario. 
Yeah, but that's so okay. I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not necessarily when saying it's a pleasure. Oh, there was wasn't there? There was something about something about the urethra a couple of weeks ago, wasn't there? People will remind us. Really? Yeah, I'm certain of it. Did, did we even make it the title of the show? I can't remember. Probably not. But yeah, okay. Yeah, no, there was something. There was there was there was something about the urethra. Okay, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Yeah, fair enough. I can't remember what we said five minutes ago. I'll be honest. <laughs> but the, I want to say like probably two, three weeks ago. Or what? They get a Stanley knife and no, not a Stanley. No, no, it's a hole around. It your wasn't. Brain. No, it wasn't. It, yeah. And then. She squats and sort of scissors your butthole <laughs> and then rosebuds her prolapse into your... So that's, that's, that's sort of like a space docking scenario except it's with like with, with like prolapsed anuses. Yeah, but it's not it's not docking, it's internal. It's, well, I mean, yeah, and yeah, docking for the secure transmission of AIDS. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but yep, rolling onto a syringe is bad too. That is... That'd be yeah, very bad. No, well, this this this, this discussion is fucking giving me a fucking chub. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it there is that situation now where the, the entire momentum of games really comes down to a couple of poor performances by individuals, and look looking across the team. And I'll preface it again. Fantastic clubman, done so much for the club, gets out and does so much for the community. But Josh Mansour. Poor Josh Mansour, another week. Another week and another another fucking lashing. Another character assassination on (laughs) Josh Mansour. You know, it's things like in in that position when you're – it's Darius Boydish when you're going up to defuse bombs. Mm-hmm. And you are jumping ridiculously early and not watching the ball, just distinctly watching the player in front of you. Again, viable tactic in season 2019 to kick a bomb at Mansour and have your most penalised suspended player just charge at him with fucking hate in their eyes. Even that, like, he he just doesn't want to borrow the ball. Mm. And again, if I'd have had my face caved in by somebody's knee, I'd be hesitant in his position as well. It just makes me wonder, like, what is the... Obviously, he's clear to play football, so there's there's no issue structurally or, you know, or the you know the potential of some sort of recurring thing, and there'd be all plates up in the fucking business, and it would... Yeah. Th- theoretically, his face should be, would be stronger than, you know, because it's like he's got like a, you know, like a... I some don't sort, think some he's half-Terminator. That's what, that's what I'm trying... That's, that's the way I think he actually is, like, maybe yeah. half-Terminator. No. Well, if he was, he probably would have less regard for his his uh, his face and would be catching bombs. That's it. So, um, but fuck, who, who knows what it is? But and again, if I gave the example last week, I fell off a motorbike turning left once, and I yep. still yep. pucker every you know occasionally. Mm. I turn left and freak out. I I get the, I should hypnotize him or something. Yeah, maybe Winterstein's wife can get some essential oils, and there you go. You got the hookup at Penrith. Make him not afraid. Or maybe she'd give me some of that fucking that four hundred dollar ground up rice shit. Maybe that'll stop him being such a little bitch. Um, but there were multiple <laughs> times when he just he didn't want bombs. Yep. And and really the try that sort of sealed the game for the bunnies. Mansour was that far out of position. You know, going in, you go out of position to save a try. Or if you know you just you just caught there because you know the other team's done an excellent job of you know committing defenders or stripping yeah, numbers. Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. Um, 
But he was he was four players out of position. Yeah, yeah. And he had run in there from the wing. Yeah. To for some fucking reason to try and t- it was to take an intercept or a loose ball. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I applaud your effort for trying to get in on it. But at but at some stage you realise that the the chance when that doesn't come off or the the consequence if that doesn't come off. Yep. Um, is, is far too poor. Penrith won pretty much every category when you look across this game, except for the scoreboard, you know? So, looking at it, their defence was a little bit better. They still missed 34 tackles. Now, that take that with a grain of salt. There's that stat again where you don't know how many of those, you know, didn't result in... Um, it, know, felt, it, felt, or, it felt fairly... Yeah, that's it. Eight penalties and ten errors, though. Mm-hmm is completely within their control. Especially the errors. I mean, like, eight penalties, you know, you can get pinged for all sorts of shit in this game. Like eight, I don't think it's not an insurmountable no, tally, tally to overcome, but ten errors, though. Yeah. But on, on the it's back very of high. ten errors, eight. Yeah. yeah. And again, the, the thing, just to call him out here, Sam Burgess is officially a fucking horrid cheap shot cunt merchant. Who, I feel like that's been on the, on the public record for yeah. several years, though. Yeah. Um, but... People can rest easy because he will spend the rest of this year uh, unable to hurt other people because he will be firmly holding Kickout's pocket um, <laughs> after he was penetrated in every way by <laughs> Big Barnstorm and Bill. Um, just, and it's not even the, like the, the Maguire cheap cunt stuff is, is niggly and cunty and scratchy and yeah. and that stuff. But Burgess is the is legit still going in for. He, he's like yeah he he's he's closer to like a, a Melbourne Storm sort of player, intentionally wanting to yeah. hurt or maim yep. somebody else. And at the end, you know, credit to him, good gamesmanship. Yep. Penrith had reached some ascendancy in in the sway of the match. Um, South were fucking pinned yeah. in their own twenty. And he did that thing that is an automatic penalty these days where you back yourself into the line. Yep. And you crouch down and you crouch down and you crouch down. And then as the defenders peel off you, you grab your neck and you stay down. And yeah. and, and all of a sudden it's a, a crusher tackle. So by, by the rules of the game, it is what it is. And, you know, that's, uh, what do they call it? Gamesmanship. Yeah, I guess you just have to be mindful as a, as a defender not to... Don't fall. Be that around way. their yeah. head, do you know? Spot just on. be around their shoulders and or their yep. arms or their back or whatever, and just don't be there around that yep. head area, so you can't be. Because the, I mean, I feel the referees are very good at at um at you know pinging people, you know, for yep. milking and stuff like that. And 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 they'll 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 have been instructed. I'm know, not sure they've seen enough attempts at milking a crusher to know which I'm. Because you know what, I don't think it's. I don't think it is milking. It's putting yourself in a position to to have that look there, and I think it's. I think it's stupid because it actually yeah. does put you at the at the risk of your I'd, your your neck being you know compressed to that degree. I'd, I'd rather some penalties blown than some yeah fucking yeah. extra. Milking. But it's the same as fucking. It's, it's the but, same. As, it's the same as a couple of years ago with Ingles was there making a habit of fucking dolphin diving into the turf in, yeah. into into yeah, tackles yeah, when he was tackled yeah, around the legs. Yep. I mean, he's putting himself at the at the risk of, you know, McKinnon himself or whatever yeah. to draw to draw a penalty. Yeah. You know, it's Oh, fuck me. Same team. Maybe they're born with it. No. Maybe they're coached to it. Yeah. 
It's in the fucking. It's in Russell Crowe's book of book of bullshit. Or, I mean, because let's face it, they've had three different coaches in that period. I mean, that's uh, that's Madge across you know across yeah, spanned across fuck. time of Seabold to to Bennett. So, but good win by South. They did enough. Continued their upward trajectory. Um, and as improved as Penrith were, the reality is they're still two and five. Mm-hmm. You know, so still early happen, though, and happen quick, smart. It's still, so there's a lot of bad teams though, so it's still early. Yeah, it only takes two wins to sort of get to the top of the bat. We've lost to a lot of the bad teams. Yeah, probably. yeah, but still early. Uh, the Tigers, speaking of bad fucking teams, the Tigers 30 defeat the Titans 14 in Tamworth, just under 10,000 in attendance. Tigers, a hat trick to Mahe Fanua. SR Masters over the Tri Jennings with a double. Masters three of six conversions. The Titans 14 tries to Don and Peachy. Gordon two of two conversions and penalty goal. Great start to the Titans, continuing on their their recent patch of uh, decent form despite being down on troops. And then they were hit by the fourteen nil curse. <laughs> it's funny, like that's never going to go away because it's it just keeps fucking happening. It does, and I've tried to think back as to when it became such a thing because it was almost. I want to say three, maybe four years ago, that 14-0, yeah. that was almost a defendable yeah. against yeah. a lot of clubs. I think it would have been not last season, but the one before. Yeah, okay. If I had to guess. Yep. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't say that with uh, any great deal of confidence, but that's just a feeling. Like, it wasn't last year. I feel it was like, unless it, was, unless it started at the start of last year. Mm. Otherwise, I think it was the year before, but absolute implosion from the Titans or, you know, the, the, the Tigers just uh, got into gear and they were they were unstoppable at that point. There was no chance. That it, once once they started getting going, even once they scored their first try, you could just sort of feel it. And the, 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 the Titans, they just felt like they were offering nothing and it was a matter of time. And in the second half, you know, perfect chance to reset. More of the same. Yeah. Yeah, the... The Titans are, are an odd one for me. They've they've got so much there, and they all seem to be that same style of player that really would get in and scrap out a win and and just that that whole never give up style of play. But they give up. Yeah, I don't get it. I feel like that the the Titans can get motivated when they when they fall behind early in a game and they've got the whole game. You know, they've got three quarters of the game Chase, ahead of them. Yeah. But to go up by a good lead, yeah, and to be mowed down so in such a short amount of time. When the, when the when the Tigers scored one, you know they were they were back to back to back pretty quickly. Yep. And from that point on, they never look like win. They never look like getting back. And into here's that thing: it is still recent enough to Titans players' memories those big struggles and the big scores on them. Yep. It's not hard to fall back into that. Oh fuck! Here it comes again. Mentality. Yep. Um, yeah, but you know, hey, that's uh, that's Brennan's job to keep them up for the season. Good, and you know, good good bounce back from the Tigers. I mean, I guess it's it's always a factor. You know, when you get when you get flogged by fifty, that the following week in training is going to be a very soul searching. And um, and when you're coached by someone like Maguire, you know, ass reaming experience. Yes, and teams certainly do often bounce back. From situations yes, like that, they do. And who better to bounce back against, you know, than than than, than the yeah. goal, than the Gold Coast Titans? Yep. Yeah. Um. So the West Tigers did well, but I mean, you know, they 
they played they played very well, and I don't think it was just the just the fact of the Titans being a shit team. I think that the the Tigers, you know, found some found found a bit of a formula, and people actually fucking stepped up. But you know, against a good team. Well, so you know, again, Tigers dealt with a bit of disruption themselves, mm-hmm. losing Uber Basher, Michael Cheekham. Yeah, the hero of the of their win against the Broncos uh, yes. two weeks ago. Yes, and uh, the, what was the story there? He uh, he just basically pled guilty. So obviously mm-hmm. that's case closed. And in the the club, they've just stood him down, though, right? They've stood him down. Yeah. And uh, I haven't heard any any talk about what's to come there. If anything's to come, are they going to stand him down for how long? Yeah, I I don't know. Is it I, indefinite at this stage? Yeah, that because only because they they haven't said he stood down indefinitely. They've just said he has been stood down. Okay. Um, and there hasn't been there hasn't has there been sentencing yet? There hasn't been sentencing, so I, I guess don't believe so. And I would imagine if he's guilty, please probably figured something out where he'll do a bit of community service, That's and it. that'll be the end of it. I've seen a couple of people unhappy with the Tigers and the way they've handled it, basically saying that oh they he surely would have told them he intended to plead guilty, and so, so they you know this is this. Well, yeah, did he really? You know? I get it's tough though. Um, because, I mean, I understand, I understand all the sides though because it's you know we've got players here who are who are stood down who I would imagine are, are, ple- are, are pleading not guilty, and uh, and of course they're significantly worse charges, yeah. you know. Which and here's the thing: that's why the NRL came out with that new mm-hmm. rule that if it was a certain potential yep. sentence, yep, you can be stood down immediately. So they yep. could in those instances yep. and account for those things. I think the Tigers handled that. Now, again, the the stupidity here is people are looking for perfect solutions to situations involving somebody bashing another human being. Yeah. You know? And and that's where it gets squirrely. It's they've handled it in as good a way as they can. Yeah. You know? I have no I have zero problem with the way they handled it. Uh, I'm I'm, you know, mostly happy. For you know, especially like you know, we we're talking about the sort of case that he was he was up against. Very happy for that to be a situation where you know, play to your day day in court. Yep. You know, he's been found guilty, or in this case, pled guilty. Yep. So now he's going to deal, you know, deal with the punishment. They'll look at the sentencing; it'll probably be mild. I mean, certainly nothing that could keep him from the football field. You know, like nothing like incarceration or anything like that. Yep. Um, I would imagine, and um, so yeah, and. They'll, you know, I guess I'm, I'm not sure what will happen next. I mean, I don't feel like it's something that's termination sort of territory or. But uh, the Tigers have made a big song and dance about being like a zero tolerance blah, blah club, yeah. right? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, I just am uh, proud of Cheekamp after going against Pasco's advice to, you know, not only plead not guilty, but to say it was a minority that did it, not him. So, <laughs> well done. And uh, this is the, you know, the perfect uh, perfect escape hatch to return to Manly <laughs> now, now that you've uh, proven your over injury problems and can play. Uh, <laughs> One-eyed tiger underscore is that our West Tigers, big D, big heart, come from behind, all over the tits, get it up ya. Way too excited to win against the Titans. Uh, Normie, that was the Titans' 300th ever game as a franchise. Sums us up perfectly. Pretty good at the start for and for a bit and then utter shit afterwards. And uh, Aaron said, one of the greatest comebacks in rugby league history. 
Yeah. Oh. The whole 14 thing, 14 nil thing doesn't eventuate unless it's very common. Yeah. The Broncos, 29, defeated the Cronulla Sharks, 6 at Suncorp, just over 27,500. The Broncos, 29, tries to Oates, Glenn, Offengawe, and uh, James Roberts. Isako, 4 of 4 conversions, 2 penalty goals, and an Anthony Milford field goal. Now, with the four final scoreline, 29-6, at what point did Milford's field goal come into the game? Well, was, to was his credit, tied to, to, his, to his credit, it wasn't 28. <laughs> <laughs> he did somewhat try and take our, our uh, criticism on board. And uh, I think he did it when it was uh, 20 nil. <laughs> oh, sorry, the Shark 6 uh, tries to uh, Braley and uh, Townsend conversion. Yeah. It, I, I could almost excuse it if he was the field goal kicker when it did matter. Because then there's the very easy explanation of, well, all he was doing was practicing, practicing at a low pressure time for when it mattered. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'd cop that. Yep. Um, but it's Milford, so we won't. No. <laughs> um, not a perfect start for the Sharkies. You know, losing someone, even if it was Dugan. Um, yeah, but I mean, surely. 25-30% of their game plan has to be predicated on losing him. <laughs> I mean, it is Dugan, after all. <laughs> yeah. And, and but him- losing Dugan as well is, is is certainly not like something that's comparable to, to what the Broncos did to them, particularly in the first half. Yeah. And look, Dugan was probably distracted after the, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, he, he'd lost someone and he... Then had to find a way to get another kid he could convince to stand in front of the microwave for eight hours a day to <laughs> keep his supply of <laughs> illicit painkillers. Um, the Broncos forwards really stood up, and I think this was the best showing they've put in since their big stand against the Cowboys. Yes. And in an example, and it's always nice to have these little reminders, is that people doing their jobs on a rugby league field exceptionally well make it easy for other people to do well. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise, when their forwards get up and really take it to the opposition, Milford has a fucking... Has his game, best to, game of the season, yeah, you know? Close to career best. And it's kind of the game, and, 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 it's, it's exactly, and that's exactly the game. That, that's, the, that's the game where he actually earned his check yes. for the week. Yeah, so that, yeah the, the very high salary in which he draws from the club. The thing is, though, that, that realistically should be his baseline. Yeah, you know? yeah Absolutely. And there are always going to be occasions where your forward pack doesn't fire for whatever reason, or you've got people out or suspended or whatever it is, mm-hmm. where, you know, we've, we've said it before, the really great halves can carry that a little bit, you know? Yeah, and try and turn, you know, turn around with a 40-20 or That's you know, things like that. You know? Okay, correct. Or just a good long kick, like a set where you've made no fucking yardage at all. Yep. Yet, you know, the guy can, the halfback can kick it down and have the other guy picking it up around the 10 or 20 and you can, you know, get some sort of semblance of a starting set. You know, you saw Thurston, you saw the Cronks, those guys do it all the fucking time. was the big kick that finds the grass and they're the first chaser down there. Those those little things. Um, But the Broncos, the credit for the rest of the game, just played the territory game really, really, really well. Yep. Um, didn't help that Sean Johnson fulfilled his biscuit prophecy for the Sharks. Yep. Does he normally go this early? 
I I usually like I don't I can't remember specifically. However, my feeling is that it probably happens around Origin or after, like like using the context of him in the Warriors. Yep, it usually happens after they've they've had a, a okay start of the season, plowed a couple Jagged of depleted or shit teams yeah, during Origin. That's it, and start to look the business. Then, then snap. He goes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's gone early this year. Yeah. Very early. Mm, interesting. And look, it's and tough. a Cronulla Sharks team that didn't need any more experienced slash star player injuries. Yes, correct. What did someone put it out the other day? They've got um, a certain dollar figure on the on the sidelines. Moreland's gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moreland Woods. I just read that as how much they've overpaid those people, but. Yeah, other people might have read that. Differently. Well, it's Moreland Woods. I mean, they end up at the Sharks by virtue of being, yeah. you know, discardable from their other clubs. <laughs> I mean, and like when a side like Canterbury's discarding you, oh, <laughs> that's a side that they probably fucking need you. I mean, they like they, yeah. they don't have options. Yeah, but they'd still rather rather pay half your salary and be without you. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot. Look, it it's like a very good friend of the show who once knew a girl that had some uh, physical imperfections. Disabilities, one might say. Um, in fact, she was legally allowed to park very close to the shops. Well, okay. And uh, mentally was all there, we think. Yeah. Yep. We think. Um, and you can imagine that, you know, in a, a dry spell in youth has, uh, <laughs> has gone to throw one up. Yep. Said, yeah, we'll, we'll call her Limpy. Yeah, I guess, you know, six and four, like you were talking about yeah, the other yeah, one. Yeah. She, mate. Made grinding noises when she walked. <laughs> and the, um, to, to give her a charity date and charity passion and decide to give her a charity fuck. So after you have charity fucked, basically the, you know, the, the thing that wanted to be a Spartan in 300? <laughs> <laughs> The sloth from Goonies, is that So after you've done the truffle shuffle. But then to get <laughs> sloth. To go back, worried about how you're going to break it, that you don't really want a second date and, you're yeah. this, this, and you're worried you're just going to break a yep. poor, you know, retarder heart. <laughs> <laughs> for after you get there and fumble your words for a while for her to look you dead in the eye and just go, I think we should see other people. <laughs> I thought you said the mental issues all there. We think. Yeah. What I'm saying is that's how Aaron Woods feels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a true story though? Yes. Oh, I can't wait to talk to him about that. <laughs> that's going to lead off my conversation <laughs> on uh, the Friday of Magic Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. For a team like the Sharks, when, when their brand of football is... No matter who it is, we'll get into a grind with them and yep. we'll get into an arm wrestle. When they're the ones dropping the ball and turning it over, it's really hard for them to, yep. to just play that natural style of footy they're good at. Yep. And certainly made it certainly made it easy for the Broncos to try and find some semblance of a roll on yes. and and you know, some good performances across the park, really. Yep. And uh yeah. I mean sharks depleted, down on down on troops, definitely down on form, but the Broncos still fucked them up. Mm. Uh, little Buffalo on Twitter said, uh, this is hilarious. Like, just the fucking timing of this tweet. 
20 nil up, it'd be great to get a fuck you field goal from MILF from one bunch of cunts to another. <laughs> Fucking dude called it perfectly. As I, thought, I had to put the tweet in there to give credit. Uh, Mr. Wars. I was screaming no at the screen the moment Milford went to kick that no-pressure field goal. I knew the poor cunt was about to dig his own grave on this weekend league. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the magician, Shane, said, uh, is there a better player in rugby league than Milford at the zero-pressure means fuck all field goal? Surely not. Kid's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Oh, he's hashtag fuck both teams, hashtag praying for Bane. <laughs> the mighty Manly Seagulls 24 to feed the Raiders 20 at Brookie uh, just under 11,000 in attendance Manly's 24 tries to Marty Tapao uh, Ruben Garrick and a double to the returning Lachlan Croker uh, Cherry Evans 2 of 2 conversions uh, Garrick with 1 and a penalty goal uh, the Raiders 20 tries a double to Jack Whiten and our chance Nicol Klockstad with a try as well Croker 3 of 3 conversions and a penalty goal and I think that puts Croker he's only like like 500 odd off the point scoring with many years ahead of him yeah you would suggest yeah being the primary goal kicker of a team that you know gives him you know three to five chances a week yep not to mention being a center i mean he's not you know he's he's, he's not shit at scoring tries either yeah and uh so yeah he uh, continues to gun down on uh barb's little mate this is great great for like to, you know it's Anzac Day, and you and you think of brave performances, and this is just another one. Just let's just add another one to the list. I mean, you know, when you're respecting like the heroes that you know around Anzac Day this year, like the Avengers and the Manly Sea Eagles. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but another great. It was a a great start from Canberra, who are a team that is in excellent form at the moment, and they just went back to back and had you know two tries, two converted tries on them within like the first was it like 15 minutes or 15 ish minutes and uh to dig back it to to dig in get into the grind put a stop to all that shit to start with and then to get you know get some field position put some mount some pressure and then convert that pressure into points uh coming into half time to make it the you know to almost tie the game up was uh was fantastic and the second half I, mean, I felt like they could go on with it, but then the Cherry Evans thing happens, and like, oh, well, fuck, here we go again. But they they actually lifted. Croker hasn't played. I believe this game was exactly like a year and a day since his last yeah, the shit. last time after okay. having back to back ACLs, yeah. and um, and for him to come back, he was I I he wasn't that great. I remember he was kind of he was kind of solid when he started last season. But very early on, it was like, you know, we were coming off the Blake Green era and it was clear that he wasn't Blake Green in the sense that he wasn't really taking any pressure off Cherry Evans and he wasn't really threatening at all. He was kind of like a running guy, but no real threat to it. Yeah. He's come back fucking incredible in this game. I mean, he was running great lines, you know, showed definitely got a lot of confidence in the, in the, the old ACLs. I mean, you know, showing a clean pair of heels to score his first try or a 30 meter run. Um, but then when Cherry Evans went off and there was a reshuffle happened, he was the one that was in charge of the game management and everything like that. And he fucking took over and he did a great job. And, uh, yeah. And he got him home against a team that has had lost once this season. Yep. And not only that, a team that had done so on the basis of excellent defense, like their best defense in years. Yeah. And I mean, 
and they certainly showed the way. I mean, considering how down on troops they were, they definitely showed the way to to beat Canberra. I mean, when they switched into you know early in the second half, when they switched into just the fuck it, let's offload it and see what happens mode, mm. and getting that second and third phase out there, and that was like gashing Canberra yeah. time after time. And I mean, there were a couple of occasions they could have scored probably another two tries, but you know through the lack of like some good some good cover from Canberra. The one thing they do well is when the, when a break happens, a clean line break happens, they're very good at, and Whiten is particularly, they're very good at getting back and just running, just running def- uh, supporting players, just being a, a nuisance to the point where the guys has to make a decision and they uh, yeah. invariably elect to just hang on to the ball because it's just, not, you know, the, the percentage is quite yeah. low. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's great to see Garrett continue to improve. Uh, you know, the the no frills backline that we that we're forced to to uh, run with at the moment. You know, didn't do anything. You know, didn't do anything wrong. I mean, the, obviously the basis of everything is they're defending very well and they're scrambling very well, um, and just not being shit, which is mm-hmm. massive credit to Desi. How long's Cherry out for? <sighs> Look, they it could be six, could be four. Um, Six, six and a four should be tired. What's he done? Is it an ankle? Yeah, it was basically it was, it was bad. It was bad though because you see that you you could see what happened there, like where Whitehead went in and just landed full. I mean, he's not a small boy, and he just landed full force on his leg, like you know, and so yeah. basically folded him at the ankle. And um, and Cherry Evans is he's a player that doesn't succumb to injury a lot, and he'll play through injury and like he played through what was it like a shoulder injury or something for like most you know for a long fucking time like, like last year the year before, he doesn't really succumb to injury that much, so it's always very worrying when you see him yeah, actually just, in agony. Probably just doesn't get the social cues that people find that unnerving for somebody but he, walking uh, around. But he walked, but he, yeah, he he walked off the field, and I, I was actually hopeful it wasn't too bad. But I mean, six weeks without was a surgery. I think he had surgery today. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be four to six weeks, but uh, we shall see. But it's going to be a long fucking four to six weeks. It's, but, but having said that, it's funny. Like this, like we had a ter- was it last year or the year before we had the fucking terrible injury year? And this year, I don't feel necessarily that, that bad about it because it's amazing when you've got a decent coach who can actually well, task players to do a job. Yeah, that's it. And and you would have banked on Des would have banked on losing him. For, but for origin, four yeah, games maybe yeah. depending on where you buy. Well, with buys and things like that, I mean, I think and yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. let's say at least two games, yeah. minimum two games. Yep, yeah. yeah, agree. And uh, and so that's probably going to be when's origin? How many weeks till that? I don't know. What the, I don't know what the dates of the fuck. So he's so he's definitely gone for the, probably the series because I don't. They wouldn't bring him back for game three. He's not a cronk, no. Well, they would. I mean, he's he's the incumbent, and it's funny though. But in Queensland, as we said with the Jake Friend thing, they finally had hooker solved. Yeah, done. They finally had halfback solved, and probably Hunt, captain Hunt, done. Hunt will play hooker. Hunt will hunt now. You know, he could. Well, I guess they. I guess they have to run with like Morgan Munster. and Munster. It'll, it'll then. be Munster and Morgan. Yeah, and then they go Hunt and yeah. Yeah. Or they use Hunt as like a sort of like a like a benchy, and then run to someone else in hooker, and then just like Hunt can sort of. Come on, where required. Oh, you know, I think Hunt playing in an unfamiliar position, ad hoc, mm. that's the go. Who's their fullback going to be? Even, even that, that, uh, that's gone too. Uh, yeah, do you play Munster at fullback then? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's how he sort of uh, began his apprenticeship, isn't it? Yeah. But in that, in that case, then you need to find a hooker. And Andrew McCulloch, he, he ain't cutting it. And I mean, that, then, then you have Norman come into the equation. Fuck, he may. He may. And if he does, unlucky dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they traditionally kind of cannon fodder. You know, of late, they've been cannon fodder in origin anyway, because yeah. New South Wales has been, you know, quite a drain on the players. Do you, do you go Norman and Hunt? for their club but it's not even really a club combination it's four games yeah yeah three games yeah by the time they get to origin it's only going to be you know yeah. add a couple to that oh. ah fuck it it's dragons who cares great whitewash two in a row <laughs> get in <laughs> but um, look Canberra I don't think discipline was their biggest problem in this game I mean they, they they gave away a lot of penalties and they were those they were the kind of penalties that I I would call dumb cunt penalties they're like just fucking learn fourth, penalties. Fourth tackle staying too long yeah. in the like yeah. just just like like I mean obviously all penalties are for you know discipline infringements, but these were like epitome of ill discipline. And there was that occasion where Kotrick, I think it was, where they were kind of getting a roll on and marching downfield, and they're probably about forty out, and Kotrick gets swept up around the legs in a classic tackle, and he's on the ground with the guy still wrapped around his legs. And he rolls on his back and throws a pass to keep things going. And like penalties in possession for, you know, yeah. like for the passing off the ground. Just retarded shit like that. And yeah. you just know that that's the sort of stuff that's going to put Ricky Stewart in an early grave. Yeah. Like that's the stuff that he would just obsess about. Um, and, you know, it was fantastic to hear the team song afterwards, drowning out the press conference. That shit's my drug. I love it. Um, and yeah, another great win. And just, and, uh, just showing great signs again from the, without a shadow of a doubt, coach of the year, Des Hasler. Dean K88, well done, Des, for predicting the Lachlan Croker revenge game. It's amazing, and I'd love to know how long that was kind of on the cards because LG was certainly good and improving week on week, but he's just gone. I don't know if it was a fear thing, like you're like okay, so LG's going to be defending sort of out, you know, on the on the left hand side. Do I really want him dealing with this fucking Leipana issue? Yeah. Was it, you know, was it, it that? Could have or? Also, it could have also just been that Des had it in his mind that he's got two options to partner Cherry and he was going to give both of them game time this year. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Or Croak has been, I mean, I, I don't know what he's been doing down at Blacktown, but maybe he just, he's just been fucking killing it and it's just, yeah. you know, undeniable. Um, Anthony on Facebook said, what a great effort. Back to Des and the Manly of old. Gutsing it out when things looking are looking tough. Last year, Manly would have lost that by 20. Proud of the boys in that Manly spirit. Uh, Jonathan, it was clear that Manly only had attacking options when that piece of Pelican shit DCE went off. At least the Raiders game will get some good airtime this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Manly scored 12 points with Cherry on the field and 12 points with him off. So... Um, no, they had attacking options both times. Uh, the Knights, 28, defeated the Eels, 14, in the upset of the round, just over 19,500 up there in Newey. And the Knights, 28, tries to Ponga, Fitzgibbon, Gave, and Mitchell Pierce. Ponga, four or four conversions and a couple of penalty goals. Um, Eels, 14, tries to Sivo and Manu Ma'u. Moses, two of two conversions and a penalty goal. Genuinely surprised. Yes. A lot of times when you see the result of the game or you're watching a game, you go, well, yeah, that was always like, you know, in the back of my mind, I didn't rule it out. Yep. I ruled the fuck out of this. (laughs) 
based on the evidence of which we have been supplied the form over of the both first teams over the first six in. or seven weeks of the season, yep. seven, six weeks of the season, the Knights being on the bottom of the table in a competition that includes the fucking Brisbane Broncos twenty nineteen. Yeah. For them to, to it, do the eels what they did to the eels, at least for the first, you know, the first portion of the game. I mean, they came out absolutely fucking smashed them, and it looked like it was going to be some sort of like what did it cost? Like was it like twenty nil? Yep. I mean, it was significant. Yeah. Then they let the eels way back into it and it got the point. Where, like, here we go, yeah. nervous moments. It was 20, 2014, It was game. It was twenty fourteen. It was very much game on. And uh, honestly, at that point, I was like, well, okay, yeah, you know, they've yeah, they've, here they go, they fucked it now. And, and that's where look, and as much shit as we've given him, Mitchell Pierce, I think, stood up here. Yeah. Because he was that, you know, uber-focused Mitchell Pierce that you get occasionally, where- The Mitchell Pierce of club level. Yes. The premiership winning half at club level. Yep. Uh, but also, he defended like a monster in this game as well. Yeah. You know, and when Parra were on the comeback trail, there was that time um, like when they took Fergie into touch- that just really, I, that was, I think, the, okay, that Newcastle are going to get away with this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then he went through for his own solo try. That, yeah, a powerful try. I was, mean, like, he had a lot of work to do to get yeah. there. And, you know, it was great. Re- you know, it, it was a great try. Um, it, it's one of those things, and you know, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times. I really think what's separating the good coaches from the great coaches at the moment, you know, there's... There's, there's really not a, a secret in strategy. You know, what, what the Melbourne Storm do and the Roosters do, there's not a, a gameplay strategy that's putting them miles ahead of the other clubs. I think it's just that their coaches have an ability to have their players there week in and week out and for their baseline to be better than the other clubs. Yeah. And, you know, I've... Never coached a professional football team. But one thing I firmly believe is that that routine and discipline takes over when, you know, I guess, you, your willpower isn't necessarily there. And for and fatigue and, yeah. Yeah. So um, that would be the challenge I see to the coaches who aren't in top three at the moment is how to get their teams consistently performing because you know you saw that thing on Twitter. Um, I forget who put it out, but it was about the. Uh, I think it was that um, Andrew RLP. Okay. And he called it the Rugby League Parody Wheel. No, I don't. I don't recall. Well, I, you, I, can yeah. make, you can make a perfect circle with mm-hmm. all of the teams in the league. Yeah. Oh, beating each other. Or beating. Was that that was like a while ago? Wasn't it like last year or something? Like, no, it's happened was, again. Oh, has it? This oh, okay. round. Yeah, this round it it finished off. Um. So it sort of gives credence to the old statement, and any team can beat any team on their day. Yep. Um, and you get you get these variances, like you get the the performance that the Titans have put in recently versus what they put in last week. The Tigers, the Broncos. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. All the, all the teams have the potential, I guess. Yep. Fuck, we're a whole league of Luke Brooks's. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh. Um, and so to go into the tweets, LV Brownie can't get the boys up for a game, hey? Well, fuck off, cunts. The only at six forever. 
fucking Sione, the Australian representative of like fucking 20 years ago. Look, I mean, that dude, that, that dude's brains have got to be like, they've got to be like scrambled like a bad day at the fucking Yo Mansion. But I'll give him mad credit for representing his country when he was a tadpole, enriching his entire family with that package deal, you know, when they were going to go over the doggies and shit. That's and right. I mean, so all in all, you know, I can't hate on him, but um, I love it how, how like, the remember there was the Knights versus the Sharks fans at the start of the year. Yeah. And they were just, like, chipping each other and they were yep. playing in round one and, yep. and they were just, they were really vying for the most annoying fan base. I feel that the Sharks still own that title because, you know, the, the Knights started losing and they and they just fucking shut up it's shop. Not, it's not even annoying. It's just belligerent. Yeah, yeah. But they shut up shop because they, yeah. they, cause then they went, you know, proceeded to lose five games in a row. Um, and now, oh, my God, we've said something about the, the standard of coaching because they lost five fucking games in a row. And all of a sudden, we're the cunts when they jag a win. Yeah. <laughs> Win next week, bitches. Stuart, the only uh, the only thing the Tigers do better than playing teams into form is playing teams into a false sense of form. Love to see the stats on how teams back up from wins over the Tigers. Turns out it doesn't mean much to beat them. And uh, John said, oh, we, made, we made Danny Levi look like Damian Cook. Enough said. <laughs> previews this week the Thursday night match is the Rabbitohs versus the Broncos very big narrative game in the league for this season and this week uh, Wayne Bennett I'll tell you it, you know we just came off Slag and Brownie uh, you know last week and, and being called cunts for it I'll tell you what I'll give him mad credit because what this week has proven to me uh, yeah which we already knew but Wayne Bennett is a fucking master mental manipulator yes I mean what he has done to head fuck Seabold is yeah. nothing short of incredible. And to the point where Seabold now, he just he just won't field questions that mention the word South, even though he's playing them this week. He'll walk out of press conferences, and apparently, privately, he is just, like, super fucking sensitive about anything yeah. Wayne says, whether he mentions the Broncos or Seabold. It doesn't matter what he's talking about. Everything Wayne says, he's, it's, he's taking it personally like he's saying it about him. I had a conversation with some fuckwit that does that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. And and so the going back to Brownie though, I mean, the fact that Brownie fucking got could Wayne so like could, could get yeah. him like that, it does speak to at least, you know, there's something you can do if it's not yeah. if it's not coaching a side. I mean you can you control a master. Uh the game itself though. Look, the Broncos, as we said, they played an understrength and 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 uh, out of sorts shark side. Yep. But they they brutalized them. And won very comfortably and very easily. The Rabbitohs, however, you know, they've been going on all right. And not only that, they've been playing these games where they haven't necessarily been at the the top of their game. Not at all. But they've been doing enough to win. Yep. But in not being at the top of the game, you know, they've had to eke out these, like last week, they had to eke out these close ones where they're under, you know, severe pressure at the end of the game. And it was a game they could have lost. So I feel the Broncos have been in this situation a couple of times as well and lost the game, you know, yeah. a couple of golden points. Um, so, look, I'm going to you know, 
Stand Sydney, it's not a, it's not at uh, Suncorp. Have to give the edge to the rabbits. Yeah, they don't have the Suncorp factor. I'm interested to see how the Broncos come back, and if they can, and particularly if their forwards can back up the the performance of last week. And uh, you know, and if yeah. they do, then it, who it knows? looks like they're going to have a debutant half in there as well. Yep, Dearden's uh, the one going forward uh, that they uh, obviously didn't want to have. Yeah. They didn't want to have him in right now, but it's a situation that's been thrust in, and I would imagine that uh, his performance this week will be critical to mm. their to their fortunes for yeah. the rest of the season because I think he's going to be the guy going forward. Just uh, This is just a feeling I get based on nothing more than a feeling. I think Wayne is out of those two coaches, the one more likely to have a team that would want to get up for him. Yeah. You know, take the relationship that he's got with the English boys who are already at the club, Yep, the yep. weight they carry with the playing group, the way he seems to have already endeared himself to people like Damien Cook. Yep. Uh, I, I think if they if motivation's needed, I think it's much easier for the South ones to do it for their coach than yeah. for the Broncos guy who's probably not had the smoothest entry. No. I mean, he, he, he puts on some, some sick tunes for him at training. But other than that, he's uh seems like a fairly sullen and belligerent type of type of character, and uh, you know the, the, his his press conference it's it's like Ricky Stewart esque, yeah. like when when he's just such a, a just a such a sour fucking per, human, and yeah, he might not be like that. That might not be him, but at the moment, mm. under siege, yeah. and he just it's just a, it just seems like a sour sour human. Yeah. And that's that's not the one. That's not the guy that inspires undying loyalty in yeah, troops. No. Yeah, no. rabbits. Yes. Christ Almighty, the Cowboys versus the Titans. Thirteen hundred teeth. Who fucking knows? Honestly, which Cowboys going to turn up? Is the dressing room truly lost? Well, look, Murray Martin's got his mind period. So who are they going to play? Yeah. Okay. Like, so he, he's already covering. Yeah, okay, so they've got Jake Clifford and Morgan in halves. Carhu will be at, at fullback. Um, Justin O'Neill with his late career revival. I cannot remember where I saw it, but it, like he, he scored like f- four tries in the last four games or something yeah. since he's come back. But previous to that, yeah. he'd scored like four tries in like... 200. 30-odd, yeah. like yeah, a long time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Man, the Titans just don't instill confidence in me to do anything. They don't. I think in this one, there's a bunch of origin forwards on, not not necessarily on audition, but I think the guys in the Titans have more to gain by putting in some stellar performances. Yeah. I'm going to tip the Titans. Hmm. It's this is a tough one. I mean, whichever way I, I fall, it's it's not going to be with any amount of confidence, and um, I'm going to say, hmm, I think the Cowboys. Okay. I don't I don't know why, but I think that now with this uh, hooking crisis, is Jake Granville next if he can demonstrate the ability to play rugby league. Fuck. Well, I mean, he certainly is next. If you rule a line through McCulloch as being abs- absolutely out of it for being yeah. shit, given the the state of injuries and and whatnot, 
Jay Grant. I mean, Zappi I'll, can't, is no. Zappi eligible? No. No, Who he's, he play for? he's either us or he's Kiwis, isn't he? Is he? Okay. Yeah. What did I think he was a Queenslander? Mm. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. I think Cowboys, but we'll see. Sharks versus Storm at Reclaim Australia Stadium. I think the Sharks, and well, let's see, what have we got here? No Moreland. No Johnson. Has Gallon been named? Because this will be the record. Gallon is named starting the 13. I would expect a training part, a training. Injury? Track injury, yeah. yeah. So at some stage, you know, maybe a boil yep. or something to emerge later in the week, possibly yep. an hour before the game begins. Okay. Uh, maybe he might strain something when warming up and have to be a late omission, in which case I think, you know, you would get, you know, you'd see someone like, well, Josh Dugan's in 21. It's crazy. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a lot of tampons that they're carrying mm. inside, isn't it? Uh, look, I think the Storm... They're not. They're not. The Storm are not playing anywhere near the best of their ability. No. But they're still finding a way to win. Yeah. So that's a powerful thing for confidence. They're not nearly at their. They're not nearly at their potential. The, the but thing- the Sharks are far under their potential, and yeah, they are. And I don't see them clawing out of it with the with the troops down, especially such critical guys as Moylan and Johnson. I mean, yeah, they would have they would have been banking their entire season on those guys, you know, getting some combination and clicking, and uh, yeah, know, and and doing good things for them. And now they've had to you know bring in kids to fill their slots. Yeah. So um, yeah. the thing with the Storm is, I've gone back and listened to Bellamy and Smith and those guys talk about it, and and they all know exactly what they need to do. Like they, yeah. they all know exactly where they're not happy with the performance. And and if there's one team you guarantee is working on specific areas to improve on, it's Melbourne Storm. Um, I think Melbourne hand Gallon the loss record, which is and be, is that apt? It it kind of is. I mean, with Melbourne Storm being the team that that Gallon beat to get his his uh, first and only premiership. And so for for them to deliver him mm. a monumental stain on his yeah, career. Funny. I um I was listening to a guy give a talk about drug cheats yep. in sports and there's now a move in America to basically once you're caught doping in any way to yep. rub you out of sport competitive sport forever. For what what's the rationale? Because there? there's studies that show that you have elevated levels of performance for Perhaps a decade after you yeah, stop okay. yep. doping. Yep. Um, so it's not that thing where okay, I've stopped taking the illegal shit. Yeah. Now so I'm, two years now later, I'm, I'm again. Yeah, yep. Um, and yeah, all all trolling of sharks aside, it, it did, no one wondered why Paul Gallen could all of a sudden play eighty minutes at prop in State of Origin. <laughs> <laughs> like really? And keep making those big fourth tackle fucking hit ups from ten meters out with you know three minutes to go. Yeah. Priceless. Raiders versus the Panthers. This one's going to come down to discipline, and it's going to come down to the start. If Panthers can get out there and really put some ascendancy on, like they tried to do with Souths, mm-hmm. um, but then hold the ball, I think they've got the troops to get over them. Um, 
But this is also one of those games where where Leipana could just get fucking. Well, yeah, can't can't be can't be late Leipana though. It's just it's a. Uh, it's a uh, Lay Bailey at the moment oh, because fuck, uh, right. yeah, Rapana with that's the. That's right. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how yeah, long. Yeah. What's what's his situ- situation with the ribs? Because that was the ribs. It was the ribs that, yeah. that Rapana. R- R- was Rapana. it two weeks? Is it two? Is it yeah? Well, I don't he, know. He, he's not in this week, and he's not named as a you know as yeah, a potential. Okay. Fuck, worry about that. Well, that's good. But having said that, I mean Raiders side still strong. Yeah, all the key pieces are in are in place. And I think that they'll be looking, they'll be to get reamed this week. I expect a, a more disciplined showing from them just in the general, um, getting the, the, the general bullshit out of their game. And, you know, they're going to want to turn around immediately and get back on the winning on the, on the winning track to, to show that they're serious. Mm. Look, the Panthers, they just need to put together more than half a game. I mean, they've had, they've, like, the last two weeks... They've had half a good, well, yeah, maybe even more against the Sharks. I mean, now I look at the the context of the way that the Sharks played against the Broncos and think, well, fuck, you know, how good what, how good was that half that they dominated the Sharks? I mean, yeah, Brisbane did too. Yeah, more so look, and, right. and sustained um, it for eighty minutes. I, I was just Pen- Penrith against Souths last week. Yep, beats the Raiders. <sighs> Don't know. I mean, this is the Raiders only lost once. All season. Mm. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, beats beats how the Raiders played this week. Maybe. I mean, so that, Penrith you know, of last week beats the Raiders of last week. Look, I mean, what, you know, one thing I will say, like a, a positive for the Raiders fans, I mean, there's no shame in losing to the best. So, get back on that horse. Nice. <laughs> and uh, we shall see. It'll be, good, it'll be good to see how the Panthers go, though. I mean, it'll give a bit of context. The Doggies... Take on the mighty Manly Seagulls, a brookie, and Manly. It's almost like they just want to just—they just want to write, write, write new history about how how many wins can a team get with with how bad a backline can get on paper. And this week with uh, with Tafua succumbing to some sort of injury, calf or something—I think it was—I can't remember—and uh, and DCE with the aforementioned ankle injury. We've uh, got Fanua Blake's come back in the side after suspension. But the back line, well, well LG comes back at the, obviously with, the, with uh, DCE out. Croker retains his spot in the six. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get the debut of Abbas Miski, the uh, first and only, I believe, international in our lineup, in our back line at the moment, as a, a Lebanese international. So, um, Look, apparently he's fucking. Apparently he's a beast. Uh, he's been playing like a beast in Reggie's. Uh, he looks. He looks like Mansoor, except without the 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 facial reconstruction. Crippling fear. Yeah, with the crippling the crippling fear of being <laughs> caved in. And, uh, and the the only the, the only time I've actually seen him was he played in the in the trial, the community cup or whatever that trial was against the Roosters yep. at the last trial game. He scored a double. Yeah, and okay. he would and I think there was an obstruction that stopped him getting his hat trick. So uh, can play. Interested to see how he goes. And um, yeah, because I guess you know we, we're gonna. I guess with you know with with George, you know he's getting on. I mean, looking for a new winger to take the spot, and if this guy can beast it, then great. Uh, the forwards, no issues there at all. We got Fanua Black, Fanua Blake back in the side, so we're back on the uh, on the 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 number one rotation. Um, Waddell's fucking killing it as well. He killed it last week. I, I failed to mention him. Um, the doggies. 
I'm just going to sort of just cast an eye on it. Their, their, their lineup looks to be as it was last week. However, I noticed that Foran has come into the into the Tuesday 21. Mm-hmm. And also Dylan Napper in 23. So, you know, I guess potential returns there. But, I mean, Kieran Foran, he was meant to be out. For, it's Is this week four? Yeah. He was meant to be out for eight. Even, or more more than eight, but then the surgery he did has like a, a a quicker you know turnaround. But still, it's meant to be six to eight. So I don't think that Forum will play without having any knowing any specifics about his recovery. I don't think he would play just simply because it doesn't sound right that an eight week injury, even if you were progressing amazingly well, that you still yeah. wouldn't go. Yeah, let's just make absolutely sure if and I not was, make it too. If early. I was coaching that team, it's way too much of a risk in the yep. modern game, to put a known biscuit mm-hmm. out when it's still soggy. Still revenge game, uh, you know. And he played out of his skin the last time he took the field, yeah, which was true. like a month ago now, or yeah, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But you know what? Cog has been okay for them. Serviceable. And Lachlan, yeah, and Lachlan Lewis is obviously there, you know, for the long, the long haul for the yep. foreseeable future. Game before last, he had an absolute shocker. Yep. Had a much better game the following week. Can't argue with yep. that. Uh, and one one awful factor in this game that I regret to, to is Henry Perinara is the referee. Oh. And the last time he refereed the Dogs, they lost. But it was that game against Souths where it was just a yeah uh, completely ruined as a fucking spectacle. He, he did everything he could to stop that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I predict an ugly fucking game, which I think we, which I think suits us because we're a defensive we're a defensive side now. And you know, and if some of these. Uh, you know, I hope Miski has a, a great a great debut. If LG can hold up in defence, which you know, he, I mean, he should. He's been he's been fine this year so far, especially lately. If if Croker can extrapolate that thirty minutes of game management and control over over eighty, then you know, I don't see why they can't. I mean, you know, continue on their winning ways. I'm glad they're playing the Dogs this week and not fucking you know the Roosters or the Melbourne Storm or something like that. But um. You know, this is this is how it's going to have to be for the next couple of weeks with Cherry injured. So, uh, dogs thirteen plus. Yeah, I, I just don't think the dogs are going to get there. And if and but if the dogs do get smashed in this game, holy fuck, they 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 need to go away and they need to understand and know the the, the back line that they've lost to, and and, <laughs> and 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 forever grab a wooden spoon and bash it up their ass to desensitize them to what's going to going to happen to them at the end of the season. <gasps> The Roosters take on the Tigers. SCG. Look, the Roosters are trundling along very well at the moment, as you would expect from a side that is almost completely representative from top to bottom. Yes. The look, yeah, the Tigers. Great job coming back in their in their unopposed training session against the the Titans. Certainly would give them some confidence, and certainly, well, more so would have erased some of the sting from the the absolute flogging that they took the week before against yep. the hands of, at the hands of the eels uh benji in the side look i don't i don't really give a fuck about the comings and goings of so i just feel like the roosters are far, are traveling far too well at this stage Unhead, yeah. unheaded, yep. and I don't think the West Tigers are the team to fucking take it to them. The, the Roosters at the moment know and understand full well their attacking capabilities across the park, mm-hmm. and they know full well when to go to each of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it 
all of a sudden, Tupu's an attacking weapon. Again. Again. Yeah. Um, they've got a Mitchell, years off. they've got Teddy. They do have that sort of middle third of the game fade where they've been letting teams back in. Yep. Um, I think they could let the Tigers in and even let the Tigers in front. And then that late game surge that they have would be enough for them to come back over the top. Yeah, I feel like Tigers are a hard team to come back over the top of if they if they get their heads in front, you know, sort of 20 to go. Yeah. But... Penrith would say otherwise. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I've got no reason to tip against the Roosters here. No, not at all. No chance. And, um, I mean, it's just like the top to bottom. They've got the, the, they've got the cattle, but not only that, they're fucking playing fantastically well at this early stage in the season. Mm-hmm. The Warriors take on the Knights in New Zealand, Mount Smart Stadium. Green in the side. Tuivasa Shek in the side. Fusatua back in the side. So that'll take our Tohu Harris out of the halves and, and, and into the second row. I think that maintains week- his spot in the lineup. Adam Blair benched. Mm-hmm. Which we, you know, we, last week we heard was, you know, on the cards. Yep. The Knights. It is, oh, Connor Watson's in there. So it's okay, so, look. Great lineup. Every lineup change for the Warriors is super positive and strengthens them, particularly the, particularly Blake Green, strengthens their general play and game management tremendously. Yes. Have the Knights turned it around enough? I think last week would have given the Warriors a lot of confidence. Yep. Um, And then with the players of the calibre they have coming back into the side, home ground advantage, yeah, I I can't go against the Warriors here. And with the inability of Browning to get his side up for a game. Yes. Warriors by 13 plus. Correct. The Eels take on the Dragons at Wank Best Stadium. I saw a thing today um, uh, from a from a US publication. I can't remember what it was, uh, or it might have been like an MMA site. And they were saying like, because the UFC are coming back down um, to Australia, yeah. And there's good because the the, the interim uh, middleweight title is held by um, a Nigerian guy that's lived in New Zealand for ages, and the the actual middleweight title is held by an Australian. They'll go, okay, we're going to do a big fight. It's going to be the biggest fight for the UFC because actual, literal, like, legitimate title fight yep. featuring an Australian and New Zealand. So, it's, you know, it's the first Australian champion, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and it's going to be at the stadium. It's in Sydney and it's going to be on fucking grand final day. Oh, really? So, UFCs generally, for US TV, they kind of start about 9 or 10 in the morning yeah. and run through to, like, you know, if all the fights went to a decision, it might go till 2. So it doesn't actually affect the grand final itself because you know we play it obviously at seven pm or whenever it mm-hmm. is. But um, but same day, and you think that would be a at least a financial drain on. There are people who would make the decision of which one they're going to go to, yeah. you know. But in the I think uh, in the in the press thing I saw, it was like it's going to be a, on October sixth in a, at a, at West Bank Stadium. <laughs> Which is not as good as Wank Best, but it's uh, it's it's on it's it's in the ballpark. The Gaza Strip. Yeah, we're going yeah. to do it on the Gaza Strip. The Eels. You know, I don't know what the fuck thing of the Eels at the moment. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of changes in there. This is just literally inconsistent performance week on week. Yeah. From this side, 
And uh, just when they, it, it, like, who was that team a couple of years ago? Was that the Dogs that like three years ago? One one lost one one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just good week, shit week, good week, yep. shit week. Yep. Yeah. And that's the yields this time. I mean, they're doing the good week at a higher level than the Dogs were, but yeah. yeah. Dragons, on the other hand, Ben Hunt and Smooth Corey, like you mentioned, are both you know pushing for potential Origin mm. inclusion. Um, look, I've got. I feel the, like the dragons have been building over the last couple of weeks. Last five weeks, their form has been pretty good. Yep. And uh, look, yeah. And while, while the yields haven't been terrible, I feel that the dragons at the moment better form. Yeah, more consistent across the park. I would expect the yields to you know to to probably especially defensively be a bit more resolute after getting a reaming through the week. But I still think the dragons are a better side overall. Yeah. That's it. That is it. That's the week. Mailbag this week did something different and sort of uh, threw it to the Facebook group and said, you know, is there anything you want us to talk about? And got some comments in there that we'll go through. Um, Yana said that, this week proves that the rugby league guys are truly cunts giving Tigers, Broncos, and Knights fans hopes that their season is still alive. Um, Clevo said, uh, I want to hear about the real dad versus stepdad war of 2019 slash cousin rooting. Explain. Oh, well. Glenn rang me last night to take have you to task. No, 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 just to have a chat. Um, and he, uh, he said, I think his exact quote was, I get the impression that you and that other fuckwit don't think I listen to the show. And then he went on to bitch to me about how he only had a 20 minute commute and he couldn't get it all done and this, this, this. Um, and I was thinking that it was a couple of weeks ago when we just called him. I, like we we alluded to the fact that he looks like a thumb with two thumbs. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. And I said something about that. Yeah, I said something about a thumb. But yeah, see, I'll get that call next week because he hasn't listened to it yet. He'll listen to that episode. And so I'm yeah. thinking because there was something that we legitimately said. This will test to see if Real Dad listens to the show. Yes, right. But this is weeks ago. But it wasn't that. He thought. That me saying last week that I was yeah, so depressed and Lincoln Park is terrible I'd, and I'd been I'd been doing nothing. No, I, I was that depressed. I thought Lincoln Park was good. Yeah. And because, unbeknownst to me, many years ago, <laughs> he liked the Lincoln Park song. He thought that was a dig at him. Did they do a cover of Mr. Jones by Cannon Crows? <laughs> Speaking of that. I should point out, um, and he's gone on on Facebook today, and I just mentioned to him, no, 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 if we ever want to run at you, we'll, we'll run at you. Don't. He posted that at 5 a.m., though. I know. You're his waking thought, and the last thing he thought about before he went to bed last night. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure woke up in some cold sweats throughout the night. Um, but I politely said to him that, look, I was- Having dinner with my cousin 
who was visiting from university in Wollongong. Um, and I'd call him another time after telling him that now I may or may not be having cracks at him yeah. subliminally. <laughs> um, and he's, yeah, he has at 5am, he's gone to Facebook and gone out there and thought he's hilarious. You, you, rooting your cousin yeah. and the rest of it. And I should point out to him that whilst, um, she doesn't listen to this show, her dad does. <laughs> uh, and has the power to do things like have police surveillance put on coming in and out. So I hope you choose to do the speed limit on all of those uh, 20 minute commutes you've got. <laughs> I really hope you're not looking over your shoulder for unmarked cars that may or not, <laughs> may or may not be three or four cars behind you <laughs> as you're pulling into the place that you know, I have the address of in Toowoomba. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd also like to say how fucking sad it is that a grown man over the age of 17 thinks it's okay for his favourite band, and this isn't Linkin Park, but for his favourite band to have, a, Crows. to have a lead singer <laughs> who is a white guy with dreadlocks. There is never a situation in the history of fucking humankind where a white guy with dreadlocks has made anything better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I'll call him later in the week like I said I would, but... Yeah. <laughs> you just had to clear that up on the yeah, record, though. Um, Trotter said, I-, I thought after years of Mars bars... My anus would be able to handle the larger Toblerone bar, but I was mistaken. Does stepdad have any tips on getting the thing out of my anus so I can go back to day-to-day living? A warm bath and a drinking straw. <laughs> Surely the, this this the, it, it would have melted by the time you finished. To- if you had a, if you had a, jammed it up there before you opened your browser and gone to Facebook, it would have been melted enough to get out by the time you'd finished typing that fucking post. Nah, Toblerone's be thick. <laughs> Two C's. Ah, the key's the nougat. <laughs> Structural nougat. Seriously, I tried to poop one of those out. You tried to poop a Toblerone out? You remember those things on Sesame Street? They used to go yip, yip, yip. Yeah. That's what my butthole looked like. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone, someone asked something about that, but I think I don't, I don't think we need to go back to the, the bloody the bloody anus. Um, just writing down something down there just to give me an idea for a title of the show. Skeletons. Yeah, skeletons, fucking indeed. Well, we, let's, we, let's address address the skeleton in the, in the corner. I think we've got enough skeletons in our closet. I will just say that sometimes it's really fucking hard to come up with the three lines at the start of the show. In fact, it's always very fucking hard. However, tonight, Stepdad came prepared with... Uh, a couple, of, a couple of decent options that were great, like fallback options, and so we were we were in a in a comfortable place where if we had to, we had like one or two that we could definitely fall back on, no yep. problem at all. Then we came up with the greatest fucking opening line in the history of this show, but there's just. <laughs> I had tears streaming down my face just thinking just at the start of the show and then I sort of DM'd it to a couple of people and said, look, 
give a shoe brush, and they're all like, look. <laughs> I laughed, but I just don't know, man. <laughs> so, come to Magic Week. <laughs> come and see us at Magic Weekend. And we'll tell you all about it. Ma- Magic Weekend will, I guess, be a reveal party for that line. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the bones of it. And uh, yes, yeah, yes. All, all, all skeletons will be revealed. Um, Chris says, uh, Gamer Talk, Red Dead Redemption 2 or Smash? Um, well, I haven't, pl- I haven't played Red Dead Redemption 2 because I just don't think I can commit myself. I've, I've got my, I, I have a fucking pile of shame in shrink wrap that it would just be the third thing from the top of if I, if, if, if I, even if I got it. Like, will I get it someday? Yeah, of course I will. I mean, because, you know, someday they'll have it on PSN for fucking $19 or something. I'll go, yeah. yeah, fuck it. It's irresistible at that price and I'll get it. And I still may never play it, but, you know, I'll, I'll get yeah. it. But Smash, I've played for 15 minutes and it's a fucking infuriating game. Oh, is that a game? Yeah. I thought he meant play Red Dead Redemption 2 or have sex. No. Oh, okay. Although Offspring Smash was a fucking tremendous album to smash with, to smash to off- <laughs> back in ni- back in offspring. 1994 in to- in uh, in northern Japan. Let yeah. me tell you, it went without a treat. Fucking Offspring are the punk rock equivalent of the Counting Crows. <laughs> <laughs> They're shit. Oh, oh, yeah, of little history. Um but no, Smash, like, I assume you're talking about Super Smash Bros. And, and I'm, I'm coming from the perspective of the, whatever the latest one is that, you know, come out a couple of months ago on Switch. It's a fucking infuriating game for someone. And, like, I, I was looking at it because I know that they play it competitively. And I was like, well, let's see what this game's about. And, you know, like, you know, how, you know, how easy is it to get into? And then, you know, how structured is it in terms of, you know... Not very. I'm so, I'm stunned that it's a game that can be played competitive because there's so many imbalances between characters. It's not something like Street Fighter, where where Capcom is is constantly making adjustments to fucking characters and you know nerf, nerfing things that are too you know too overpowered and buffing things and get it and and basically making it so that you know you have you have a, a smorgasbord of characters which you could choose from to, you know and if you choose someone to main then you know. I mean, there are some frame rate things where, you know, there's certain, you know, certain characters that, you you know, that have certain frames on their moves and stuff like that. And they have an advantage at the very, very highest levels. But generally speaking, you know, anyone, you know, you can be the master of a character and, you know, you can pretty much have, you know, take on anybody. Smash, though, is such a fucking button mashy fucking game for little kids that I, I would recommend it. I'd recommend it if you got like a 10 year old, they fucking love that shit. I mean, you, it is a game where you can mash the buttons and get a, and achieve a lot and feel like you're doing something. You know what, though? So This is where you just need to accept your impending mortality. Never. Because that is the chorus of the old gamer. Well, no, because I could still- That game takes no skill, there's no technique, and there's no balance in the characters. But yeah, I mean, I still play Street Fighter, and, I still, and I'll, still fucking, I'll, I'll still take people on. And yeah, that, and, you know. that's it. Because all of the kids are playing Smash Bros. You realise there's as much where the future you realise there's as much competition in, in Street Fighter to this day as there is in any other and game. How old's the world except- champion in Street Fighter? Oh, it varies. I mean, for young. I mean, there's some. Yeah, I mean, there's some well, guys. There there's some OG Japanese dudes from back in you know that still that are still around. But you know, cool. So. 
but yeah, Smash is, is it's basically a game where there's like if you there's like about half a dozen characters, and if you choose one of those characters, I don't think that anyone who plays competitively would use anyone outside of those characters because it's just like it's one of those games that just it just lacks lacks balance between. I mean, it's got like fucking hundreds of characters in it, but it just lacks balance. And it's just very fucking button mashy. And infuriating for someone who values skill over fucking <laughs> over mash, <laughs> but it's a good you know it's a good party game that you can jump into with a bunch of people who've never played it before Big. and you know fuck around with it. Uh, Greg, thoughts on players backing into the defence and playing for a crusher, as we mentioned earlier with shit cunt Burgess. Uh, block. I don't believe you know. I'm 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 yeah. Uh, look, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. But I'm I'm yet to fully subscribe to the view that it's just some sort of intentional, repeated repeated tactic. I think it is in situations like where Burgess did it, because any other stage of any other game, you're hitting the line, you get in your knees, and you're looking for a quick play of the ball, and turning around and fucking crabbing into the defensive line does not give you that. But it's gamesmanship. It's all it is. But the only counterpoint to that is. Brent Kite won a Clive Churchill medal in 2008, and that was his shit too, remember? <laughs> yeah, but that was also, you know, a, a much different time with penalties. Yeah. The crusher didn't exist back then. Yeah, yeah, probably true. Uh, Jordan said, uh, Mrs. is trying to make the bub a storm supporter from the moment it arrives. Is this enough to file for divorce and gain full custody of the kid? Yes. It's always, yes. A very, tricky, it's, it's always very tricky when you have kids. And you know which sporting, yeah. You know, if there's a division of sporting sides between the parents, mm-hmm. it's not an issue that I had to worry about. Mm-hmm. But some people don't have that fucking strong pimp hand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Some people need to make concessions to shit. Yep. And, you know, some yeah. I'm uncompromising. It's my it- way of the fucking highway. It's generally the highway. I'm curious as to why you've married a Storm fan and chosen to breed with them. Yeah, I would, I would also. I mean, well, is you know, did you know? You know, well, at some stage, we all have to accept consequences for our actions. Mm. You know, that's true. You Look, fuck, you fuck the prostitute in Liberia. Don't be afraid when you wake up with an itchy dick or an AIDS baby. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a, it's it's difficult. And I, I don't. I mean, I, I, this is a foreign situation to me. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if you had, if you had two equally passionate, that's probably a real dad question. How if, do you deal with the crippling disappointment of your child betraying everything you know and love? Yeah, but that's kind of different though, because he had he had carte blanche with with his son mm. to and and he and he pushed the tiger shit down yeah. his throat from the time he was a baby, and he grew up and become a Broncos fan when he when he he sort of reached. You know, some some sort of you know level of, of, of cognitive ability. Yeah. And he said, "Well, said no, fucking, you know, I saw ninth and then better than ninth. I'm gonna yeah. take better than. I mean, I my mathematics. I'm only I'm barely born. I'm I'm a little fucking two yeah. year old little baby. But What's even this? even ninth? now, even now, I know that ninth is is worse than sixth. And so, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take sixth. Yeah. And also because they're closer. And I can go to all their fucking games at home. Mm. So, look, I I don't know how you would split. Long story short, it's your fault in the first place. Your um, fault for marrying marrying a, a storm supporter in the yes. first place. 
they they are singularly unlovable fucking humans. Mm. And like I mean, I'm being charitable saying humans. Yep. So that's your first mistake. And so there is a little, there is an element of kind of like, I'm I'm not one for victim blaming, but there is an element of you did this to yourself. Yeah. But on the actual, I I would love to hear from people who are part of a couple who follow opposing teams and presumably equally passionate on both sides for their respective teams. What did you decide? How did it come to a decision? Did you just, you know, let the chips fall where they may and the kid made a decision when they were old enough to, you know, know yeah. what going to the footy was? Blah, blah. Very interested to see. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I assume it's a problem that you didn't have to deal with either. No. So, can't help you, but uh, but it is your fault. No matter which way it goes, you did do this to yourself. Correct. Um, What else we got? That's it. Fucking that is it. Episode 316. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, as always, interact with us on Twitter at TWI League. Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League is the page. Hashtag Twill Nation is the group. And uh, we saw another another influx of people into the group and uh, doing a, a pretty good job of getting people into the group that are all sort of of the same mind can in, ter- in terms of can, can yeah. dish it out and can take it. So there's some good banter in there. Shout out to new member this week, uh, Bronco White, who I thought for sure was some kind of fucking alias to like, you know, Paul White coming, yeah. in to, coming in to test the waters and just see how the community felt about, uh, about field goals when 20 in front. And, uh, not good. I mean, probably yeah. no surprise, Paul. No. I mean, you you know, maybe have a word to him. But as it turns out, he's uh, he's actually Captain Irony with Bronco <laughs> White, hates the fucking Broncos and supports the Dragons. So uh, welcome, though, sir. And uh, it's uh, great to have you on board. And I did certainly appreciate the way that you uh, yes, politely politely knocked on the door, were allowed in, and then you just started swinging <laughs> at everybody and anything. Um iTunes, I didn't even look and see if there's any new reviews, reviews this week. Sorry, cunts. Um, we'll get to it next week if you did. If you haven't done a review, go to iTunes, hit the podcast section, go to the sports and recreation category, and uh, look up the show. We're usually in the What's Hot section. And uh, throw us a rating and leave a review. Tipping this and week. And don't swear in your review because yes. iTunes will block it. And that's a very important thing because obviously if you're listening to this show, you don't mind a bit of the, you don't mind working blue. Not on iTunes though. You'll like, they take a little while to get the review up. It's like forty eight hours or something to process yeah. it and get it up there anyway. But you might be waiting for forty eight hours and forty eight becomes ninety six. And the reason why is because you've you know said fucking cunts in the yeah. I yeah. don't even know. Can you star it out and things like no. that or no? Okay, so there you go. Work clean, fellas. Uh, tipping Lance Hardwood, the porn man, the porn star. He is uh, on top again. This time tied with Claire Simo. She has. Uh, Clawed back one point. I would imagine it would have been on the Manly Canberra result. And uh, on a blood bars in third. Axe is on in fourth. Toozy underscore boozy. Never trendy. Hebs. Pele. Millennial suck. And Kylie. And so the spread now from first to tenth is two points. Oof. So we've got a three-way tie on top. And then a, then a couple on 39, a couple on 38. And uh, with my superlative seven of eight this week, I am now one point out of the top 10. So I guess, or you could look at it as three points off the lead. There you go. I'm going to fucking crush you cunts. You're a para fan, aren't you? Tell you what, notorious pure. No, actually, yeah, well, they, those cunts cost me a perfect round this week. Yeah. Fucking Brownie done it again. 
Notorious PODs. This guy is fucking killing it. He's eighth in Supercoach overall. There you go. Fucking God. Uh, Lightning Tips. He's doing well too. He's 458. Uh, Amphi's Roosters is 811th. And then we go down. We've got Big Papa Power, Sam Seals, the Hot Cosbys, Can't Deal Eels, Lav Truck Legends. And or is it Lay Truck Legends? I can't tell because the, the little fucking things have been cut off the bottoms of the words. Ugh. The Engine Room and Haystacks Calhoun. Nice. Our top 10 are almost all inside the top 2,000 of Supercoach. And given that, like, how many people are doing that shit overall? Like, fucking 120,000, 150,000? Fucking lot anyway. So that's a great effort, guys. Keep mm. it up. And uh, that's fucking it, man. What are we doing for what are we doing for Magic Weekend? We may as well like muse about it Fun. now. Oh yeah, I'll, well I'll we're gonna you. do we're gonna we're gonna do something whether it be a base of operations or an actual. I'll, I'll call function a couple. I'll call a couple of places this week. Yep, cool. yep. Otherwise, otherwise, what we will do is we will we will settle on a base of operations for the weekend. Yeah, they'll just be there, and uh, and and we'll be there when we're around, and if we're not at the ground or whatever, and, uh, and people can go there and meet other people. Yep. Boom. All right, that's it. See you See next week. week.